Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone, to another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilberton, and who's eh, who's with me tonight? I got off. <laughs> More good to you alive, Carrie Chandler. No good to me this dead. Never... Oh! <laughs> it's screwed yeah, up. I'm Peter. This was never a condition of our agreement. Singing Pancras. <laughs> Peter did a much better job. What I should have said is, no, Rebel Scum would be the first movie. What the hell is the comment he makes when he sees the bounty hunters? He calls them something scum. We don't need their scum. Yeah, we don't need their, yeah, we don't need their scum. I still love that part. It's a very, scum is a very popular Star Wars insult. I like it because he says it to the, op- to like, you know, to some like junior officer and the junior officer is like, yes, sir. Like, he's like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not getting into this. Right. Saying when I, your boss is, you know, when your boss is making snide comments, you just go like, yeah, go ahead. Okay, of course. Snide comments in front of the scary looking people with guns. Right. That are standing right above you with their foot leaning over the part where you're sitting in. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you know, boss, it does seem, yeah, it does seem like boss kind of picked up on that, you know? Yeah. Boss is standing <laughs> like right there. He's like, so what were you saying, buddy? Right. I, I, boss, I think those guys eat people. Oh, they definitely do deal with Trandoshans are slave traders. I know that. There you go. With Wookiees. Republic Commando taught me that. There you go. You kill a bunch of them in that game. Mm-hmm. So we are here to talk about Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. It came out in 1980. Ooh. I have not seen in a while. And uh, I'll just get off right off the top. This is my favorite movie. Not my favorite Star Wars movie. My favorite movie movie. So I'm excited to talk about this. And I'll just mention it is not my favorite Star Wars movie at all. <laughs> well, we know that. It is. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's definitely my favorite Star Wars movie. It's definitely in my in my top ten. I kind of fluctuate what my top ten movies of all time are. But you know, it's my favorite Star Wars movie too. And I'm most excited to see what Mike says because Mike has a very contrarian view about the Star Wars movies and it'll always be interesting to see. We, yeah. We, we can yeah, it is really my, my view is strange as hell. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. New Hope is definitely my favorite. Sure. That's not and a bad opinion. I just yeah, my bad opinion comes later, but yeah. <laughs> We'll get into it, but we did cover yeah. New Hope not that long ago, so if you want to hear our first movie opinion, go check that out. I think it's film 29, not too far ago, so go listen to that one, too, if you haven't. But So Empire Strikes Back, for I'm assuming most people know, is the second movie of the Star Wars original trilogy, Episode 5. My, I have issues with this movie. Like I enjoy parts of it. I enjoy the beginning, and I enjoy the end. I don't enjoy the middle of this movie. I get bored when we're, on a, when we're in the swamp. Dagobah, I get really bored. Huh. I just don't like that. Meanwhile, I'm like my next. Ta- I'm planning my next tattoo, and I'm. Uh, it's it's a quote Yoda says during that middle part. You don't <laughs> like so. Oh. I mean, most people like the Yoda stuff. I don't know. I just was bored with it this, in this in this watch through. I think there's a part mm-hmm. I even missed because they said something like, "I don't remember seeing that happen." I don't think I was. I don't think I was paying attention. <laughs> oh, well, I guess when I was when I was a when I was a kid, yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about that later. I kind of used to feel like Mike, but I changed. So did everybody rewatch for the podcast? I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So what what editions did everybody watch? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Disney Plus. I went with Disney Plus as well because I I didn't feel like getting out the Blu-ray, which would basically be the same same version as well. So well, I did something I've never done. I watched the original theatrical release. Mm. So yeah, or to be a little more precise, I watched what's called the original theatrical release, which is available as a bonus disc in the 2006 DVD re-release, which is actually a transfer from the 1993 laser disc box set. 
<laughs> which is an almost perfect recreation uh, or rendering of the uh, original theatrical release, except the aspect ratio is wrong. It's supposed to be like 22.9 times 10, and instead it's four times three. But other than that, it is, and I think the sound is also slightly compressed, but other than that, it is the original theatrical cut, which I've, I've never actually seen. I grew up watching the... I grew up watching the 1995 uh, VHS or 95, 93, no, 95, the 95 VHSs the most. And then I'd seen it. I've seen the like the like 91 VHS, the Fox VHSs where Fox put them out. I, I, I've i seen those before. And then what I've seen the most, the most of it over that I've seen easily 50, 60 times is the those face, the VHS box set that came out in 1995 that's remastered. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's a remaster. Yeah. It doesn't have anything changed other than some color correction and sound correction and remastering and all that. That's what I've seen the most. So this is the first time I've ever actually seen the original theatrical cut. So I don't think there's a lot of difference other than you said aspect ratio and maybe some sound effects. I don't yeah. think from I don't think there's much difference between the pre-special edition stuff. Well, I'm yeah, assuming. And, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, like in this movie, I don't think this one had as many changes. Like a new hope had yeah. tons of changes. Like this. I was trying to pay attention to them, and I know a couple of them, but they didn't seem like there were that many. Like, nothing big altering. This is the least egregious of all the special editions. If you're going to watch the special editions, this is the one that will be the least likely to piss you off. They only made a few handful of changes that actually I would consider to be big, and they're casting changes. Yeah, I well, I will talk about it, but I I, I agree with you that this is the least least intrusive i feel like most of the stuff doesn't really affect the story or doesn't really affect the pacing because the changes are kind of minor right um, i don't, there think, is one I don't th- think any of it really does right it's like the additions are like 30 seconds and i think the one casting change which was done for the dvd in 2004 i have issues with that but we'll get to that when they well get there's there. two there's two casting changes actually oh, there is okay yeah Maybe i'm not thinking of another one well Bo- boba fett his oh, voice boba fett, yes it's tamora morrison Right, and they they changed Boba Fett and the Emperor. They yeah, Boba Fett and the Emperor changed. And I was going to ask that. I thought that about the Emperor was changed, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, they they not. put Ian McDermott as the Emperor, who plays him in you know Episode Three. I mean, in a uh, Return of the Jedi. But the original in in A New Hope and Empire, he's or yeah, he's not in A New Hope at all. In no. Empire, no, in Empire, really he's it was originally a woman, and they created like a mask for her that covered her eyes with a picture of a chimpanzee eyes. So she (laughs) had this like simian look. And then it's a a guy, an American actor doing the voice. And then they don't credit the woman playing the emperor at all, but they do have the, they do credit the uh, voice and the credits. Uh, And then, yeah, they took him out for, I'm just not a fan of recasting people in like that. Like that's not, I get why Lucas did it, but I feel like it's insulting to the original actors. It is. I mean, if it's just like something like a hologram, just leave it. Don't don't bother. Like, yeah. Or I mean, Boba Fett's voice like, you, yes, he's a clone. Does that mean he has to have the same voice and accent as that, all the clones? Like that bugs me. I didn't realize it was they, they put in Tamara Morrison because. Yeah. If everything works out in November, I'm actually going to meet the actor who was in that costume for Boba Fett in this movie and had yeah, that yeah. line originally. Yes, and um, he's also, you can see his face in this movie several times because he plays an Imperial officer that you see in, like, three scenes. 
Oh, that's cool. He's uh, when they're when they're leaving from Cloud City. He's the Imperial officer that grabs Leia and pulls her into the doorway, oh. and then and then gets held up by uh, Lando's guys. He's like the blonde guy. Um, when you see him in Return of the Jedi, behind the scenes, he has a mustache, but he doesn't have a mustache in this one. So <laughs> he looks less goofy. He looks like the uh, he looks like the guy in, in Return of the Jedi. He looks like the guy that they cast as the BTK killer in Mindhunter. If you see that, I have not. Okay, well, he looks like the BTK serial killer. <laughs> I know who BTK is, but I don't know. It's so very strange. Movie. Yeah, it's weird. But without the mustache, comparison just, to pull out. <laughs> it is. I just, I, I just, what I, as soon as I saw Mindhunter, I was like, that looks like Boba Fett. <laughs> it's, I, the number of people in the world who made that connection is probably very limited, Gary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe the only one who, that guy, that serial killer looks like Boba Fett. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, those are the, the really the only big changes, I would say. Everything else in the special editions for this, I think, is mostly an improvement. I know Cloud City, when they're going through Cloud City, be, right. in the original cut, you just saw barriers because they couldn't animate the outside. And here right. they have beautiful landscape outside. I don't think it looks that great, but yes, oh. it's, it's fine. Well, I just think it, it looks, it. The I don't think the effects hold up. But then again, maybe on Disney Plus it does. Yeah, you're, you know, Plus playing with your phone while you're watching this movie, it holds up just fine. Oh, um. I think I think it looked pretty good, and I think it, it helps. It helps okay. if it's like at sunset because oh, when, yeah. when the lighting is low, the effects look better, and then the bright daytime, they look a little worse. I think See, that's, that's just, what I was thinking. Yeah, because when they it's first just, fly into Cloud City in the special edition, they added this CG thing yeah. of the cloud cars flying yes. around the buildings, and I didn't think that looked great because it's like really brightly lit. I. Yeah really like that but i have a weird fascination with cloud cars in, in star wars for some reason when i was a <laughs> okay. kid i had cloud like i didn't i had little miniature cloud card figures from the micro machines collection for some oh, reason cool. yeah so did i and i really really like cloud cars i remember having a taco bell toy of the cloud car i just oh yeah i don't know why but i really like that vehicle i know it's yep. only playable like one or two star wars games back in the day but i think it might be a real squadron but i i just so I like all that scenes. I remember when the movie came out and they were advertising that. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And I to this day still. Another weird cars. poll. Have you been to Disneyland before? No. OK, right. so there's the the big, the big, big roller coaster in the middle of Disneyland is uh, it's um, it's a bobsled going down a, a mountain. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like some German name of a mountain. Um, and the cars you ride in look just like those little cloud cars. That's what it always makes me think of. That's cool. Yeah, I'll never do is, it because I hate heights, but that's cool. Oh, and yeah, this one you would it also this is a this is a roller coaster that like slams you around a lot. It's a, it's not a fun one. I mean it is fun, but not if you don't like roller coasters. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I um I don't like any heights. I was trying to climb up a tower uh, like a firewatch tower essentially at a at a park not too long ago, and I got about a third way up and I looked down, I'm like, Yeah, no, thank you. And I went right back down. Yeah, I hear you. But yeah, other changes they made, um, it was mostly just like little color correction things here and there that I think were mostly good. They did make they did make some changes here and there. We can talk about when we get there that maybe weren't the best, but I think mostly it was this is the special edition that I disliked the least. Right. But I still wanted to see that theatrical cut because I never actually seen that original original version. And it and it looks good. It it's weird because it's an SD, so you can definitely <laughs> tell on like an HD TV. It's like this is I asked my son, I was like, can you tell that it looks kind of like fuzzy looking and he's like yeah and i go well you know this because that's this supposed to be blown up like you know 50 feet wide you know (laughs) and when it's on a tv you know you can the fuzziness kind of leaps out at you more but still 
Yeah. So this movie starts off with with Hoth. Hoth, I find interesting. I guess I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a, a direct sequel, obviously, but I guess I don't. Partly, I don't like how they're on like the snow planet, and I guess a lot of it is like the Rebel Alliance is doing so terrible when this movie starts off. Like they are not in good shape at all, and. That makes me sad. <laughs> well, I, the thing about the rebels is they're supposed to be like a rebellion, like a guerrilla force, right? Yeah. So they're not, you know, they're not going to be like having, you know, gigantic bases all over the place and giant fleets of ships necessarily. It's more like, you know, with like the Battle of Endor, Return of the Jedi, that's like their ships from all over the galaxy converging for one big last-ditch effort kind of thing, you know? Yeah, they're in worse shape then than they are in this. I forgot. About, yeah, they, they're in bad shape in that. Third yeah, and that's that's the idea. It's like they're, they're not supposed to be, like, on par with the Empire. It's supposed to be this, like, little this like little ragtag rebellion that's having to hide until they can find their time to strike, you know? And so I, I, I think it's great them having to, like, go from one, you know, system to another one. Like, you know, the, they just they, they see a, the slightest chance that they've been found is like all right prepare for evacuation we're out you know it's like it's like that i also forgot to check how many years is this between a new hope and empire strikes back two i I think canonically it's supposed to be two or three years because you know i it is three years between releases of the movies you know that's 77 80 83 yeah i think canonically this is supposed to be three aby after battle of yavin i think yeah that's what i remember okay I'm sure there's a source that says it, but I think. Oh yeah, I just didn't look it up. So yeah, you get the sense that there's been some adventures in the in the meantime, and you know that was part of the fun. You get to fill in what happens in the gap, and you assume that at some point they found this base that's very remote and very hard to track. And I'm guessing just because it's a remote planet with no settlements on it, that they assume that they would be hidden for a while, but probably not forever. Yeah, yeah. Like it shows very quickly that the Imperials are very much after them. Like they're searching right. everywhere. And I, I, I didn't remember this, but I did find it amusing where the Admiral's like that one guy's like, yeah, we don't need to check this out. There's nothing there. Yeah. And it turns out he's completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, Admiral, Admiral also, that's, that's good. Uh, getting ahead of ourselves. But um, yeah, <laughs> when um, the, the fact that um, it's such a remote planet and such hostile, such a hostile environment, I think was, was meant to be in their favor. You know, probably yeah. it fooled a lot of people, but it didn't fool Vader. So yeah, yeah. And and I just looked it up. It is canonically three three years after the last movie. Okay. And I know that they've added. I mean, even back then, when you said the universe, there would have been story. Like right now, the current story that takes place between this and the comic the comic book run that runs for yeah a lot of issues. I read some of it back in the day when it first when it first started, which is pretty good. Which runs between the two movies. Well, I think Shadows of the Empire is still. Oh, that's after this. That's after. I was going to say. I, I think Shadows of the Empire is still canon, right? It's not. Oh, it's not. Oh, no. that's too bad. It should be the, the book at least. None of it's canon right now yeah, until they redo it. They'll probably redo it though. Knowing I'm, them, I'm sure they'll take. I'm sure they've can- canonized some bits of it. Um, yeah, but that's. But you're right. That's after this. I was getting mixed up. Okay. I like. Um, they mention that they got into, they, they ran into a bounty hunter on Ord Mandel. Yeah. You know, and then in Shadows of the Empire, Dash Rindar runs into IG-88 on Ord Mandel. Yeah. And uh, they actually, they also produced after Empire Strikes Back, but before Return of the Jedi, they produced like radio dramas of like yeah. extended stories. And they'd had like a radio drama that was like, um, encounter at Ord Mandel, and it's about the thing that Han mentions 
That's cool. Here. Yeah. And I, of course, I, you know, that's probably not canon either, but that was. No. So. <laughs> they yeah, the, changed the, the canon. Radio, so I was going to say, the radio dramas listened to a, a long time ago. I should listen to them again. They're not easy to find, but they were, they've kind of flushed out the story much more and they were a very interesting artifact of, of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like every planet would have some kind of life on it. I mean, this planet obviously has life on it, but I always thought as a kid, the God, what the hell, the, taunt, the Tauntauns are from this planet that they were riding. Yeah, that's what I assumed. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, the extended universe says they're not. The expanded yeah. universe says they're not. But I mean, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, I remember. I, guess I remember reading the... like a book where they were like, um, there was like a Tauntaun ranch uh, in like on like Coruscant. Well, that's, that's but that doesn't mean they're from Coruscant. It, so, but, yeah, so. that's kind of problem. And well, some of Star Wars, in, in in a universe of you know billions of planets, everybody kind of references the the same animals like Banthas and and Tauntauns from the kind of <laughs> from the handful of planets we've seen. So yeah, but you know they also re- reference you know the Gondarks and right, true, and so that's on. true. But I, I you know I think it, it kind of depends on what we're supposed to think is the origin of this galaxy. You know, like did you know all these humans originate on a single planet and then spread out in some ancient you know timeline and then bring wildlife with them and that's why i don't know <laughs> anyway it, i always i always I kind of assumed the tauntauns were brought here because they die in the blizzard and i'm like well so they're obviously not suited for the weather on this planet that's true that is true that's i mean I they're suited too. to it somewhat but i mean they the can't handle it when it's really bad. The first marker so yeah, I, I do like the the concept though of like we haven't figured out how to get our speeders working in the cold, so we're having to ride around on animals. I, I like I always like that in sci-fi stuff when you bring in kind of some old timey stuff because it's practical, you know. Yeah. Um, sillier version of this that I still kind of like is the um, end of uh, <laughs> the worst Star Wars movie when they're riding the horses on the outside of a star destroyer. That's fun. That wasn't yeah. an Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay. Okay. You, you the, we forget the that. The second worst Star Wars movie. Sorry. For, for Mike, that's like the third best Star Wars. That's <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't. That, that's how my memory was when I saw the movie yeah. theaters. Oh, my my memory is it's the last movie I saw before COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't wait to revisit that movie. Oof. So I'm, um, I'm going to cry. I, I just I just wanted to say. So we get we get Hawk. We get um. You know. Luke, Luke getting attacked by the Wampa. Yes, I love this. And it's a, it's kind of a jarring way to start the movie. Your hero is attacked and incapacitated within the first, you know, three minutes of your movie. Yeah. Well, they had to. I mean, they had to give it an excuse to why he has all the scars from the car accident. Well, that, that's actually a myth. That's an urban legend. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, was he right. was scarred up. Uh, he was injured in a car crash, but his scars were completely gone by the time they started filming. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I thought that also. I had to look it up. Yeah, it's it's it was a common. I think at the time it was you know it was it was spread from the late seventies. It was a ma- it was spread by like yeah. entertainment magazines and stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, he does look different, but that's because he's three years older. He, he doesn't look eighteen <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. He looks you know his early twenties. So yeah, it just happens when you get older. When I watched this movie this time, I really thought about as I made the joke in the in the chat, like you know the whole rebe- rebellion could have been ended by a big snow bear, <laughs> right? Yeah, it could have. <laughs> he almost killed him. And that's realistic. It is realistic. Yeah, I I now I know in the special edition we do see we do see the full wampa. In the original cut, we don't see the full wampa. Right, because the, the, yeah, they built a full suit and everything, but it looked goofy. 
And so Irvin Kushner was like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, I think that was the right choice. I don't mind it in the special uh, the special edition where you see it. I do. I do mind you kind of see it so soon. I felt like maybe a little bit bigger buildup, but to it, like you might see hands and you might see the back of it. And then maybe once it attacks Luke, you see the full thing would have been more effective. But it's yeah. not it's not too egregious. And that's going to be a phrase we use. I use a lot, but it's it's yeah. all right. It's all right that you see the whole thing. I oh, like the it. special edition. Yeah, I thought it looked fine yeah. in the special edition. It did too. I I like yeah. Wampas a lot. So because of my experience with Wampas was Shells the Empire. Shells of the Empire. Yeah, and, and getting the releasing the Wampa and getting it to kill all the stormtroopers in, <laughs> right. in Echo Base is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. I mean, I also like, and I was wondering to myself, why doesn't Obi-Wan showed up when he's in the cave? Because he uses the force for the first time. And it isn't until he is out of the cave, is wandering in the snow, dying. And Obi-Wan shows up in a, in a, in a, you know, I would say hologram, but, you know, shows up as a force ghost and is like, Luke, go to Dagobah. Luke, go to Dagobah. And then he's dying. Dagobah, Dagobah. It's, that's really the most right. and then. Time. <laughs> and then Han, well, I think it's a convenient time because then Han, like, appears right there. Like, he, I mean, you could almost look at it as, like, either he led Han to Luke or he led Luke to Han. Or at the very least, he, like, got Luke's attention and got him not to lay down and fall asleep in the snow and, you know, be, like, looking directly toward where Han was going to show up. I mean, I think it's too convenient that Han just appears there for there not to be a connection implied. Oh, there you go. I guess I hadn't really thought about it that way. That's, that's kind of how I always saw it, even as a kid. Yes, I was like, oh, yeah, Obi-Wan's helping him here as much as he can, because, you know, he can't affect things, but he can he can speak to people, at least to people that are Force-sensitive. Yeah. Speaking of which, so Han rescues Luke, mm-hmm. and he does this, this thing, which if you've seen, they did it in The Revenant also with Leonardo DiCaprio, where he cuts open... You know, you cut open the animal to stick him inside to survive mm-hmm. the, the cold. And I, I love that part. And he's, he says, like, you know, the I thought they smelled bad on the outside, <laughs> which is a great line. But I remember the first time I ever saw this movie, I was sleeping over at a friend's house and we were watching it. And my friend was like, I had never seen anything Star Wars. And he was like a huge Star Wars fan. And this is, you know, like 1992 and, or 90 or maybe 93. And he goes, oh, you see, see the fact that Han Solo is using the lightsaber, that means Han Solo can use the force. Because like <laughs> the fan theory among like kids on the playground was that you needed the force to use a lightsaber, which is, you know, not true. But no, you just but I mean, you can't use it as effectively. You wouldn't yes, be effective but... with it. You probably end up cutting off your own hand or something. But as Mando. Head. yeah, but um, but still, okay. yeah, well, I... in Mando's case, it's the dark saber and it gets heavier it gets heavy, but still. I think in the bunch. in the yeah in the original trilogy, I think he's the only is he the only non Jedi to use a lightsaber. I don't think anyone uh-huh. else picks one up. No, I mean, it's just Luke and uh, Vader. That's it, and and Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah, Luke and Vader and Obi Wan. <laughs> it's you know, Emperor. Emperor doesn't use a lightsaber. No. He doesn't need a lightsaber. It would Not look yet. goofy. <laughs> it would look goofy and stupid if he used a lightsaber. Wouldn't that it? would never happen, right? It would be, or Yoda. It'd be I mean, almost Yoda as bad as Yoda right? using a lightsaber if you oh, could imagine man. something that dumb. Imagine that little creature flipping off the walls and everything. You know, oh, that you would. Yeah, I'm glad that never happened. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Yoda doesn't need a lightsaber because he can literally like lift starships. Like I also one thing like in the hall like like when he puts them in there I was I always have thought that they stayed inside the Tauntaun for the whole night but. No, I didn't realize until this, 
Watch, yeah, he built a he built me a shelter while he puts Luke inside there. And you can see it whenever the the uh, rogue squadron rescues him. They uh, he's built like a little. I mean, it's covered in snow, but you can see like yeah. the little antenna sticking out of it. That's yeah. transmitting their position, probably. And they get the speeders working the next day. Luckily. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, they needed those damn speeders because things in the movie would not have went well if the speeders weren't there. So yeah, yep. And I, I like where it goes. Like, I, I like it when you get back and then Han's already ready to leave. And But I don't remember, is there, a re- like, a story reason why his ship is all fucked up and won't start? I know something about Chewbacca took it apart or something. Oh, I, but... I mean, I think it's because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh-huh. the idea. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great running joke. It's, yeah, I don't think there's a canon reason or it doesn't really explain it. Then it's, it's taking a lot of beating. It's, like, 40 years old or whatever. And it's just, you just can't get it working. Like, it's been, it's probably been sitting there for a while and, you know. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole concept of the Millennium Falcon is the American muscle car, like an old beat up junker that you've like souped up, but you're constantly having to work on it because it's constantly falling apart and breaking. That was like the idea behind it in the original movie. It was. And so I think that's kind of continued here, you know. Okay, I was wondering if I was missing something that might have been mentioned somewhere else to why it just did not want to work at all for him. Well, and then it's, yeah, it's a running gag in the movie that the hyperdrive keeps not working. Can well, I, I mean, can this I say, movie would be a lot different if the hyperdrive worked just fine. Yeah. We were, can I say we were mentioning, you know, running gags in the, in the, I thought they smelled, thought they smelled bad on the outside, but I think this may be the funniest Star Wars movie. Like, every, oh, yeah. It gets a reputation for being the darkest, but there's like jokes every couple minutes and they're, well, they're on fire. That's and that is largely due to the change in director. Uh, Irvin Kirshner was not a a big uh, special effects guy. If you look at his movies he had done, he did like a lot of like noir, yeah, like detective type stuff, and he did a couple of comedies, and then he did like some like um, like dark kind of war movie type stuff. But mostly he did like these like very character driven movies. And yeah. he was like, I don't want this to be a special effects showcase. I want this to be like a story about people. And so he specifically had the writer go back and like do major rewrites to give every character these like humanizing moments and conversations to build to build character for everybody. And so yeah. then, yeah, a lot of that is humor. And it, it, it really works. Like, I feel like that's why that's one of the reasons this is my favorite movie but my favorite star wars movie is because this is the one that feels like it's the most about the characters yeah and not about big set piece battles and yeah and you're, effects and stuff you're right i didn't really think about that but i mean that, that i'm glad that it wasn't lucas that wasn't directing this movie so. oh yeah i mean i think that's also the, the best star wars movies are the ones that lucas doesn't direct <laughs> and has and has no hand in writing and and lucas did do a lot of like assistant directing on this one he directed like a lot of uh, he did a lot of what like an assistant director does, like doing like, you know, B-roll kind of stuff. in this one, he wasn't supposed to. And yeah. it's probably why he got divorced, partly because <laughs> uh, he was like he had promised his wife he was going to take time off. And then the, he ended up going back, which also mentioned, by the way, this is an independent film. And as such, mm-hmm. it's one of the I think it's maybe the most highest grossing independent film ever made other than i think star wars episode one might beat it but not when adjusted for inflation episode one is an independent still independent yeah. in terms of like it's fully financed by lucas wow it's not a studio yeah 
Okay, that's surprising. Well, it's he, I mean, it is distributed. The, yeah, it's, it's distributed by a studio. Yeah, but I mean, that happens with independent films too. Like, you know, Blair Wish Project is called an independent film and it was distributed yeah. by Miramax or whatever, but but it's it's fully funded by Lucas. He he put up all the money for it so that he could have full creative control, control but also full profits. <laughs> but then he yeah, I feel like up, there was well, I was gonna say he paid like um, five million dollars in bonuses to the crew after the after the movie that he didn't have to that wasn't in the contracts. He went back and and paid all the crew like five million dollars total in bonuses. Oh, what were you gonna say, Pete? Uh, oh, yeah, from what yeah. I remember, I read you know there's really good books that I recommend called the make they're really good coffee table books, the making of Star Wars and Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back, and they're really huge and they go very in depth into this. But what I remember is that there was there was definitely financial problems. Like it wasn't oh, yeah. It wasn't smooth. Like there was, I think Fox was constantly saying, we're going to take over this production and things did not go right. And the budget kept, they kept having to hide the budget from Fox. <laughs> they went they like, drastically over budget. Yeah. And he, he fully, I think he, I think um, he put up like $185 million total into it. Something crazy that's, like that. That might be adjusted for inflation. I'm not sure. That seems, that. Yeah, that's probably. But it's the 12th highest grossing film of all time when you adjust for inflation. So. Damn. It worked. Right. Yeah. It was yeah, kind of cool, but it was not, a, it was not a smooth production. It was very troubled. Oh yeah. Well, that, and that's why he had to come back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't work out for his marriage though, apparently, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Well, and that, uh, who knows where that was going, but yeah. And did his wife edit this one? Like she did the first one. I don't, I, I don't, don't know think, enough. I don't think I don't, so. Yeah. I don't think so either. She's not credited in the, uh, the editing of it. I don't think. Okay. She did so. a good job editing the first one. That's for sure. Yeah. Because I love A New Hope, so. Yeah. Well, this this one is this a good ending, too. Just my opinion of this movie changed, because I, I didn't finish this last night. I, I watched most of it, and my wife came home, and I had to turn it off. We were both right. watching it, but she had to work. And then I was I got to Cloud City, and then at night I pulled up my phone and watched it on Disney Plus and finished Cloud City, and I, and I, and I enjoyed it. I'm like, okay, I As... really do enjoy Cloud City. I just don't like some of the middle stuff in this movie. Watch it on your phone, as George Lucas intended. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know what? I actually prefer it on my phone. That I had subtitles because I can't. For some reason, I got a new TV and I'm using a Roku app, and I can't get subtitles oh, okay. on Disney Plus. So it was understandable. Okay, all right. I like subtitles. I mean, I have the volume up high, but I just like subtitles. I do often watch things with subtitles. I, I not this. I mean, I I know this movie too well. I could write the subtitles. <laughs> right. I, I watch everything with subtitles. Everything. It's just how I watch TV. Yeah, I, I tend to do that as well. Usually. I want to read. Well, plus I'm usually editing when I watch TV, so it really helps to be able to read because you're listening to one. You're listening to mm. one thing, and you're and you're reading something else, and it, my brain some, can apparently handle it better. So, wow. So, um, <laughs> I guess we could we could go to the. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about. I, really I want to like yeah a couple ahead. things about Hoth. I want to talk about the the speeder battle because mm-hmm. like when after they get rescued and you have the whole fight where they're fighting the ATATs. Um, like one thing I never caught before was there's a small instance where you find out that they actually got there faster than they were supposed to. Or, yes. Because the Empire ended up getting out of light speed sooner than later. Because he thought it would give Vader. them the element of surprise. Yeah. That is a, another running gag in the movie that I love is Vader keeps killing people for <laughs> like messing up. And so that people keep getting promoted. <laughs> yeah. I never caught that before. Like, he kills. I mean, and that guy is the same guy. Gets all pissed off when he when they sent the droid there. He's like, "There's nothing there. Like, it's just a settlement." Right. We feels so like this guy was just complete not care. Did not read the room. Yeah, and Vader kills him and and tells Captain Piet, he's like, "Do not disappoint me, Admiral Piet." Right. <laughs> and 
Confused, like, all right. <laughs> I mean, and then you yeah. see it. You see it happen again in the movie later, and I love it. I love it. It's, yeah, it's Admiral Ozzel, and you get Admiral Ozzel is you know is great because you get the sense that you know this guy's incompetent. He's probably Richard. He's probably well connected, so he just got this job because because of his connections and not because he was any sort of competent military yeah. strategist. Yeah. And the scene, you know, the scene where he, you know, kill gets choked to death is, you know, it's dramatic and funny at the same time because everyone around him is just looking like, oh, Vader killed somebody else. Yep. Let's, let's go back to work. <laughs> yeah, especially the next time it happens, nobody like bats right. an eye. <laughs> right. Just you another can see, day. You can see with Piet, Piet is just like, yeah. I'm just going to do my job. I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm just going right. to just going to. Does he survive this movie? He does. At the end, yeah. you think that Vader's probably going to kill him, and Vader just walks away and leaves him alive. Okay, uh, I thought. Yeah, that's and that's that's part of the joke. I mean, you're supposed to be like, "Oh shit, Piet's next," but then Vader's too conflicted, so he walks away, and Piet kind of like breathes a sigh of relief. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he is the Return of the Jedi, which he does die when when the Executor gets destroyed by an A wing. So that's true. That's, that's right. his demise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to rewatch that movie. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years. But, like, I told one of the big parts is when you have, like, so they have time, the, the Empire comes, and it comes with the whole ground forces. Yeah. And why aren't they using X-Wings? Because they can't use X-Wings on, on a planet? I don't um, think it's... There's probably some twisted canon logic to why they can't do that. But there's, I don't think there's a good reason for that if they've got... Maybe they don't have enough of them, or maybe they're not well-armed or something like that. Okay, because... I, I, I think it's... I always kind of figured it was because they need them to protect the transport ships yeah, as they're leaving the planet. And fighting the AT-ATs is just to delay things so they can evacuate. Because can't X-Wing it's, blasters take out an AT-AT? I don't know. Well, they said know. the armor is too strong for blasters. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought maybe the... Okay, that makes sense. I was thinking the X-Wings had stronger blasters or something for some reason. Cause I mean, I they've feel got like, proton torpedoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah that would do it. But presumably you have a limited presumably. amount of them. So you don't want to waste them on that if you evacuated so yeah that does make but their big thing is getting those big mon calamari cruisers off the planet yeah they've got to get those cruiser those big transport ships off the planet and the at the the x-wings are going to go escort them yeah that's right a bunch of transport during this too or am i making up a scene in my head no they don't lose any i don't think the ion cannons the ion cannons the star destroyers i remember there being a scene of them losing them if they're shipping them off and maybe it's some other star wars thing where they lose your thing return of the jedi they lose several of them return of the jedi okay that probably was it then the battle of endor yeah okay because i somewhere in my head i had the scene i'm like where's the scene i was i not paying enough attention i missed it this watch there because but okay, that's not great. But, but no, everything like the, the battle, I still think is really good. I mean, I was wondering why they didn't go for the lead ATAT, the one that's actually zoning in on their on their on the shield generator, not taking out the ones in the back. But hey, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But you I notice do you see an ATST for a couple of seconds also. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They're originally going to use more of those, and they decided that they weren't big enough. Well, one was enough to sell the toys. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. There you go. It's a beautiful stop, yeah, stop motion uh, animation. It does. Uh-huh. It, it's just very effective. Yeah, and also up. the use of high speed cameras and models. Yeah, a lot I of. Mean, I stuff. I love the cha- I love all them flying around. How they have, they have to use a tow cable, and Luke can't do anything because his co pilot got murdered pretty quickly. Yeah. So poor Dak. <laughs> Dak felt like he could take on the whole empire by himself. Don't oh, ever yeah. say that. <laughs> Turns don't out he dies. <laughs> yeah, he might as well have been like, oh, I can't wait to go visit my family. I'm two days from retirement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might as well, yeah. And 
I also still love the scene when they do take out Luke's speeder and then he just uses the, the tow yeah. cable and his lightsaber to get inside and just throws a grenade inside. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's heroic stuff right there. It's very cool. I really like that. I also, I was thinking, oh, he's trying to pull Dak out of the, out of the thing before it gets crushed. And he ain't going for Dak. He's going for the tow cable. <laughs> he just left Dak there. Like, oh, you're already dead anyway, Dak. Bye. Yeah. So, and then you have like the scene with them at, in, inside the base trying to evacuate. And I like, I like how Leia doesn't want to evacuate that. She's waiting until the end, you know, kind of fits her yeah, character. Yeah, going down too. with the ship. So to speak. Yeah. yeah. She's the last to get out. You know, I, I like that. And I like it that she goes with Han and Chewbacca. I mean, it had to for the plot, but I do like all that. And, and so there's a lot of deleted scenes as they're as they're as you were showing me before this that as they're coming into as, they're, as, the, as the Imperials are all coming into the base. Like one, right. I like it that I still wish that there's one deleted scene. I understand why it's not there, but I love the scene where C-3PO pulls a warning sign off a door and then a snowtrooper goes to the door and gets grabbed by a womp. <laughs> they yeah. just close the door and walk away. <laughs> it's I understand why it's deleted, but it is kind of funny. It is a yeah. funny part. There was a whole Wampa subplot where they get attacked and. I think because they thought it looked silly, they were like, or slowed down the plot or whatever. They were like, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing yeah. the Wampa. I'm so. I'm okay with it, but I still, I just love that. I mean, I understand why it's not in this movie, right. but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it also fits Imperials because Imperials don't care about each other, really. Like, they're not like, no man left behind. No, they don't give a shit. <laughs> like, Imperials are just, are not important to anybody, including Imperials. They're cannon fodder, basically. Yeah, I mean, they really are. Like, I mean, they're just random people who are conscripted into an army who, you know, a lot of them probably had no choice. I mean, they're not exactly like you look at in the solo movie, you kind of get a reference that like they really are not. They're not good. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's very dehumanized if you're in there. If you're if you're in the military, probably. And if you're an officer, you're probably, you know, you probably have connections or, yeah. you know, if you get to see your face, you're probably of a different sort of class. Than <laughs> yeah. Just the cannon fodder. Stormtroopers seem very in, in everything Star Wars canon that we have gotten, they seem very just, you know, forgettable. Can't, like you're saying, can't they really do. Yeah. They don't matter and, and to anybody. And well, again, it makes sense. You have a galaxy wide, you know, empire. You're going to have millions, if not billions of people. You're just conscripting. You don't give a shit about them. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. I, I like speaking of stormtroopers. I really like the snowtrooper armor a lot. Same. Yeah. Yeah, the snowtroopers from this and then the scout troopers in Return of the Jedi, those are like my favorite stormtrooper variations. Yeah, it's they're they're simple designs. I mean, they're just variants on white, but they look they're very distinctive and yeah, they look cool. So my my big question is when this is all happening, they're evacuating. Where's Dash Rendar? I thought he was supposed to be here, huh? Somewhere. He's what? on the other side of the base, getting, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, getting the uh, his ship ready to what what I can't remember what his ship was called. The Outrider. But the Outrider, very good. Yeah, he's getting. <laughs> That's the what I kept thinking of during this movie. He's got to like, get to the Outrider. Outrider. He's got to jump across a lot of like platforms to get to the the Outrider. Yeah, I like that game. <laughs> exactly. You just we just didn't see. That's the east wing of Hoth Echo Base. Oh, okay. This is we're on the west side of the base. You know. So, yeah. Oh, exactly. And we see there's cave ins that block it off. So right. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that Vader just shows like Vader actually goes inside there look because he's I mean. He's aware of Luke. He doesn't know Luke is his son, but he's aware that Luke is force sensitive, I think. Right. Yeah, I think that that's why he's obsessed with finding. Okay. Yeah, because ever since uh, he got into the the fight with him on in the Death Star run where he's behind him and he could sense the force in him while he's like chasing him down and he tries to shoot him down and he, you know, loses because of Han Solo. (laughs) He's like, I've got to get this Luke guy. I would say he doesn't know it's his son in the new interpretation of it, but in I feel like in the original interpretation, in the original filming of Empire Strikes Back, there's 
no way to read it other than he knows he's the son. He's, he's oh, yeah. it down because of that. And I know they when he talks that. when he talks to Vader, I mean, when he talks to the Emperor, right. the Emperor refers to him as the son of Skywalker. Yeah. And he he doesn't. So there's no hit. There's no surprise. It's just like him talking to the Emperor about what he's got to do. But in the new oh. new way they filmed it. Yeah. I will say, and you guys saw the special edition. That is one of the changes they made. Right. Is uh, and, he says he is the spawn of Anakin Skywalker in the then, special. Yeah. Vader says, how is this possible? And he's in search of feelings. You know it to be true. Right. But so, it's, but in the original, it's none yeah. of that. It's yeah. he refers to him as Luke Skywalker and yeah. he, or, or the son of Skywalker. And that's it. There's no surprise. Vader knows who it is. Yeah. Uh, it, I always or I guess I over the sense. years, I kind of like interpreted it as like Vader knows and he was hoping the Emperor didn't. That's and then that come, I, I mean, that's just me adding to it in my own mind. But I like the idea that because when Vader, well, we'll talk about it later, but I think right. Vader and the Emperor have different plans for Luke. Right. Well, yeah, it, in this movie where he even says, join me and we'll take over the Empire. Yeah, exactly. So they were yeah. he was always planning to defeat him. Yeah. At some point. To overthrow the yeah exactly he's aware I mean he was tricked essentially so <laughs> so yeah I feel like the reason Vader is so obsessed is with you know going here and you know doesn't care if like star destroyers get destroyed if any of that kind of <laughs> stuff is because he is like focused on we've got to get Luke Skywalker I've got to right. get him I've got to find him and take him alive and all that kind of stuff I like so. the idea of him not of him knowing already who he is more than yeah the, the original cut that sounds better. And so another thing that happens here that I really like is our characters get separated from each other mm-hmm. for almost the entire movie. So we yeah. think of like certain duos, right? Like C-3PO and R2-D2, they, C-3PO says goodbye to R2-D2 at Hoth base and then doesn't see him again until they're escaping from Bespin. Right. And, and then similarly, Han and Luke, they, you know, they wish each other luck and then they don't see each other again the entire movie. They're yeah. <laughs> not the only time that I mean, that's it. The entire until Return of the Jedi. Right. Until Return of the Jedi, in fact. Right. Mm-hmm. Another thing so. I never noticed uh, that I'm noticing now in this trilogy, Vader never sees C-3PO. Yeah. Which he, makes sense because he shouldn't ever see him considering that he built him. So you might recognize, hey, I built that protocol droid. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he never he never actually I don't think in the entire series does he ever see C-3PO in the entire trilogy. I mean. No, he doesn't. I guess he doesn't. I feel like I read that there's like a scene where they're on the same, where they're in the same shot once, but I can't think of where that would be. So, a new hope, maybe when they're getting onto the Falcon when they're escaping the Death Star, he it might have been nearby. Technically, like yeah, they're like across the room from each other, but that's it. They're across. He would look like other protocol droid, but he's never near him enough to be like, wait a second. (laughs) Which I mean, the thing is, is the prequels are stupid. And there's good things about the prequels. I think each of the prequels has something good in it, but they just added so much like dumb stuff that introduce. Like if you accept the prequels, it creates all these plot holes that people are always like, "Oh, isn't it funny that?" Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, no. When they made the original movies, that plot hole didn't exist. That was introduced <laughs> later when Lucas wrote a script on a legal pad over a weekend, <laughs> which is literally how he wrote Episode One. He wrote it mm-hmm. on a legal pad by himself without input from anyone. That's and so you get stupid stuff like Anakin building C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, C-3PO and R2-D2, there is no reason for them to be in the prequels at all other than member berries, which is you know, <laughs> one of the problems of every Star Wars made after the original trilogy. Mm. But anyway. So um, I got, 
Yeah. So, I mean, you you bring up a good point, though, them being separated. I guess that's what I also didn't like. I didn't like them being separated because, like, you have the Falcon ends up escaping, is getting chased by the Empire and can't use the hyperdrive because the ship sucks. And then they go into an asteroid field to hide where you see you do see a scene like Star Wars just getting destroyed because Vader doesn't care. And I think that's yeah, you see it happen. I love cool. it when it happens because you see yeah. a asteroid hit the bridge of a Star Destroyer and then it cuts to Vader talking to three different people. Two of them are holograms. One of them's Piet and one of the guys in the hologram. You just see him like scream yeah. silently and look off camera and, and then his hologram flickers out. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's that is great. really good storytelling. Uh, it's, I, there's like a, it's a technique where you show one scene and then you show a connected scene happening elsewhere, and it helps like create an idea in your brain of where things are at. And I think it's a really good use. I don't know what that technique is called, but it's a really good use of that technique. Yeah, that's yeah. a great. That's such a it's such a little moment, but it's so great. And the fact that like Vader doesn't even care. It's just like oh, mm-hmm. that captain's gone. We have so many more to go. Yeah, <laughs> and you think about like today. In today's, you know, Navy, right? If the executor right. is a an aircraft carrier, right? right? And then each of the Star Destroyers is a destroyer. Mm-hmm. A destroyer, that's like a $50 billion piece of equipment with right. like 10, probably, you know, in real life, 500 people on board, you know? Right. Like that's, in, You're going to care. In, the, in Star Wars, it's probably like 10,000 people on board. Yeah. It's just like, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Right. Well, I mean, also, I think it it plays into the part of what this movie is also trying to tell you is how Vader doesn't really care about the Empire like you think he does. Right. He's a part of it. He's but he's not as concerned with it as you might think. Yeah. Like He he wants to overthrow the Empire. He wants to kill the Emperor. He doesn't. I think at this point he realizes in the movie, try to tell you that. I mean, even though you don't know it, but he was tricked. He was tricked into this because he had a bad dream. So, yeah. yeah. And he's kind of been I mean, he's kind of going on and kind of doing what he's doing because, you know, he has a, a dark personality, but also because, you know, he's under the thrall of the Emperor. Yeah. And he at some he just can't quit him as well, much as he'd like to. Quitting is an option either. I think he'd probably be murdered. So Right. Well, that's <laughs> part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't the the Empire in this movie is a means to an end for him. Right. And I, I was trying to think why would the Empire go along with this? But I'm guess but you know, they're trying to defeat the rebels who just a couple, you know, years ago, blew up the Death Star, their main battle station. So I'm sure to them, it's like, yeah, we want revenge on these rebels, too. So we're going to find the pilot who blew up the Death Star. So some of them are going along with it because of that. Plus, the Empire is right. so huge. I mean, right. you think about, like, how many, I mean, not even talking about all the standard universe stuff that we know, just the simple fact of, like, you have something this big. I mean, there's going to be, you know, thousands and thousands and you know of ships. Right. So, it's like, I mean, this doesn't, this is kind of and most i think if, at this point i don't think there's that many conflicts anymore because almost everybody's been killed that was a conflict at least in the original canon there wouldn't have been much conflict i'm assuming right? i mean I well it was a period of civil war but i assume that i guess you know we're led to assume that the you know the rebels are on the run so the battles are getting fewer and fewer and they're yeah. just there are probably one stroke away from dying being wiped out so that's why it's so precarious yeah anyway yeah so um where are we at <laughs> So uh, they left the, the asteroid, asteroid field. We can talk about yeah. that. Like, I don't know. I, I missed it when they flew in because they're hiding in the asteroid field. And he goes inside the what he thinks is a cave. Uh, Han yeah, does. I love that part. I, love I that missed idea. that. I must not pay attention. because I didn't see him fly into a cave. Yeah, he does like a, a pretty neat like flip going mm-hmm. in there, too. He like okay. flies over the cave, then does like a, a big like 360 like flip down into it. Yeah, they didn't have to do that flourish, but they made a nice 
They made a natural right. flourish. And it plays like the, the music kind of swells yeah. a little bit. I mean, it's okay. I like the, the, the banter between them. I like seeing how Leia and Han argue a lot and stuff. But also clearly, like, there's a flirtation going there. Yeah. I, like I mean, there was one scene I put my notes for Han's being a jerk where she's like, let me go. And he's like, no. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's being, yeah, you know, it's definitely old fashioned. a little bit old-fashioned, yes. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a little old-fashioned. I mean, I think it's, they, they've implied that they've already kind of, like, started something going on. There's something going on with them over mm-hmm. the last three years. There's been some implication of that. I feel like, and then, yeah, she's just, she's being like a little, like unreasonably like salty toward him at, at first before he does that. And I don't think that necessarily means that it's justified or anything, but I think that that's kind of in, in a more old, you know, a, a movie from 1980, it is relatively not that crazy. No, no, it's very normal for the time. It's just something that occurred. Yeah, it sticks out now. Yeah, it definitely sticks yeah, that's out all. now. I'm not but insulting the movie for. I, I really like when they're in the little like room, the little closet fixing things, yeah. and and they start they almost kiss, and then C3PO <laughs> walks in to tell them that they fixed something, and he's like, "Really? Thank you very much." And he turns around and she's gone. I like she that. There's also a deleted scene of that with Luke where she's about to kiss Luke, and then C3PO comes in, and then she runs away. Yeah. So I mean, that was an ongoing thing. Yeah. Planet, but it, it's really good. It, it's. That I enjoyed, like having the lilac, the are they lilacs? Not lilac, whatever the hell the the, the bugs that are eating Minox. on the outside of the ship. Minox. What are they called? Minox. 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 They chew on the power cables. Okay. I mean, my my question is like, you think that would have really draws them? Like, why are these things inside a cave in the middle of space? Well, I, I mean, I assume that they live in caves in space like that. <laughs> like, I assume that that's that normal for them to live, and they've just like. They're hiding. They're in this because this is a cave. It's just a cave made out of a creature. But I mean, yeah. it's, you know, what I mean, like it's I assume that that's just they are a like a creature that survives in the vacuum of space. Okay. When feeds, I, you know, like a silicon based creature and they feed on energy. OK. When I first saw this, I always thought it was like part of his immune system or something. Well, no, I mean, even then it would be like parasites, maybe they're yeah. the normally yeah. find inside such creatures. But I mean. I don't know, because Han is familiar with them and doesn't yeah. seem, like, surprised that there would be okay. Minox there. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I like I, when I they agree. get out, and you can tell the ground is, like, squishy. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, like, hot, and there's, like, steam. And it's like, what? Wait a second. Yeah. There shouldn't be I like steam that. here. Which, yeah. It's, it's, subtle, it's subtle clues, I feel like. Yeah, it's true. And, of it's course, also- the iconic... Iconic leaving in the teeth, leaving. Oh yeah, that was. Oh really yeah, good. love it, love it. And yeah. then they end up getting seen by the when they get out of there. They leave the asteroid field and they get seen by the star destroyer. And is this where they fly in the back? Yeah, this is where they fly in the back of it. Like they go right underneath it, then he just yeah. hides on the back. <laughs> so I love this part. I was pointing this out to like my my wife and my son when I was watching it. I watched it this morning actually, right before we started recording. But they, uh, I mean, I watched the whole movie this morning. But I mean, they. Um, <laughs> He turns, he's like, put power to the forward shields. It's like, you're not going to try attacking them, are you? <laughs> and, and, and C-3PO starts rattling off the, the stats again. And she tells him to, she tells him to shut up this time. And then they just <laughs> charge right at him. And like, what are they doing? And then like, he flies right between them. And yeah. the Star Destroyers like grind against each other. Oh, you yeah. know, they like, they collide. I love that part. And then, yeah, he disappears. And the guy's like, I'm going to take, prepare my shuttle. I'm going to go. I'm going to take full 
you know, credit for losing them or whatever. And then like we see Vader's killed that guy. He goes, thank you for your uh, <laughs> apology accepted. <laughs> apology accepted. accepted. Yeah, that's right. I love it. He killed so many people in this movie that yeah. worked for him. But yeah, and then yeah, they like attach like magnetically to the back of the 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 ship where its sensors can't and like the sensor shadow. And it's something like a smuggler like Han Solo would like know yeah. about like sensor, you know, sensor shadows and stuff like that. I yeah. love it. I love it. And he's like, oh, we'll just leave out when they dump their trash when, if they follow Imperial. Right. And Leia says, and dr- uh, he goes, we'll just drift away. And she goes with the other garbage. And you see him like get like a little hurt expression for a second. Like, hey, <laughs> he's a good actor. I mean, Harrison Ford he, really is. He's so good. And yeah. so is Carrie Fisher. Like, yeah. yeah. She does a great job in this movie. Like, she really does. Like, all the emotions she plays from the different parts. Like, she does a yeah. really good job of conveying that. And, you know, you can see how how her conflict of her character gets throughout this movie. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And is this when... What was I going to say? And at the same time, this is when Luke is in his X-Wing and he flies to... Oh, Dagobah. Oh, I'm, is this when you see the bounty hunters for the first time? That's... Uh, it was um, a little before this, but yeah. Okay, but somewhere yeah. in this scene. But I... I love it. I mean, I for some reason in my head, I thought there was a, a pan shot where you see the whole team standing there and there was not. No, no. I, I don't know if there was a still here and there. I think there's a production image. A photo. Is, OK, yeah, that was like that shows up in a lot of like magazines. And stuff. yeah, because I know yeah. I've seen a still image. I had it in my head and I was like, I was waiting for it. I was going to take a picture of it while I was watching this movie last night. Yeah. My favorite scene. And I did not see that still image. Yeah, so you, you see, you you catch glimpses of them over people's shoulders and stuff like that. You see Dingar, Bosk, IG-88, Boba Fett. I think there's one, is there one more? There's, there's Forlom and there's Z- Zuckus? Yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah. I love these characters, even though they do, do absolutely too. nothing. <laughs> yeah. These it are my adds, favorite characters. It adds, you know, like, embroidery, so to speak, right? It's just like, you think to yourself, like, I wonder what that guy's story is. Why has he got all those bandages? Oh, What's with we'll that? Find out. What's with that droid? Yeah. We'll sell yeah, you material to tell you. Yeah. And that's part of the, I don't, I, I don't think they got names until, I don't know if they named them out in the production set, but until the action figures came out, I think that's when. Yeah. They named them for the action figures. Yeah. Majority of the people heard about them and they're like, whoa, this guy's name is Dengar. Yeah. <laughs> Dengar. Have they ever done anything yeah. with that character? Really? They've, they've had, yeah. uh, they've created stories of him. Yeah. He was in, if you remember, we even read Dark Empire when he was in there. Uh, was that actually Dengar? It was yeah. Dengar, yeah. He's a, okay. he's a rival of Han Solo's that Han Solo beat. And so now he's like obsessed with getting revenge on Solo. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since we read Dark Empire. And of course, I, of course, we've seen IG-88 and other... He's right. a Sentinel droid. We've seen other Sentinel droids, too, of course, with the Mandalorian. Yep. Really, I think, sure. brought the Sentinel droid back to prominence. I, I just love yeah. I just love seeing them all and it just makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah. It adds to the it adds to the universe. And it does, you're exactly. just like these are the guys that Vader was like, we need these. I don't know, these were the these were the top men. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I feel like a big part of this has isn't because because he wants Luke alive, but he wants Luke for himself. He hired right. these bounty hunters because they have no allegiance to the Empire. They're just gonna do what he asks, like, hey, you're paying me, right. okay, here you go. Yeah. The Empire gets him. The Empire is going to take him and use him to replace Vader. Essentially, is what Vader, what Empire, what the Empire is up, the Emperor is up to. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Emperor wants Luke to replace Vader. Vader wants to replace the Emperor, basically. So, which again fits the whole Sith, you know, the way they are. Well, I yeah. mean, it sets up the way they are. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like, oh, good point. That's better. That's we, don't what I'm have, we don't even have the concept of the Sith yet at this point. So. Right. If you, well, I, I guess it's a good time to talk about the Emperor scene. Um, in the Emperor scene, I think Vader says, you know, he's just a boy, or he says he could, if he could be turned, he could be a powerful ally. But the Emperor says, oh, yes, he could be a great asset. So it's like, yeah. M- Vader wants, Vader sees him as like, you know, ally, friend, human being, and Emperor just sees him as another tool that he can use to. Right. To further his ends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do they ever, they don't ever say Emperor Palpatine in this, correct? In this nope. movie? Okay. No. That's not till no, the next uh, to my knowledge, the name Palpatine was created for the toy. Well, then, Pal- oh, go ahead. In the original, in the, in the Star Wars novel at the beginning, oh. it says, it has the prologue where it says Senator Palpatine took over or. Oh, okay. Senator Palpatine was a corrupt figure in the rebellion that became the head of the empire or something like that. So he's, oh, okay. he was from, he's the in the original. novel, is it? He's, he's yeah. in the novel. Yeah. But I would okay. say like in the movies, yeah. you don't see his name till episode one. Yeah. He's not mentioned yeah. any, in any text. Yeah. Okay. I be, and I believe in return, the, I don't remember if return the Jedi novel says Palpatine. It may, it may have been there, but I think most of the time it's just the emperor. Okay. And it's been a long time since I've read the novel. I just remember in the toy figure said Palpatine, and then when I saw episode yeah. one, I went, "That's the same guy." I remember I had an <laughs> aha moment as a kid, so that's how yeah. it stuck. There are some people who didn't know Darth Sidious and Palpatine were the same. That was the Phantom Menace was was Darth Sidious, but there were a lot yeah, of people who didn't know that. How, considering how? the entire clone army <laughs> and <laughs> considering it's the very same actor who played them, I, I don't know. How it's people... like clearly the same actor with <laughs> right. clearly the same voice, right? And the and D- Ian McDermott is like clearly like evil when he's portraying Senator Palpatine. It's like right. this guy's obviously a bad guy, like, <laughs> right? But there uh, were I remember even at the time there were I think other kids were like, oh, that was the same person. I'm like, yes, it's the same. It's supposed to be the same character. Yeah, he's, uh, other kids. I just think like I was I was like 17 when Episode One came out. So I'm yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit younger. Little bit yeah, younger. so I'm like what 13? I think right, 12, 13. I yeah, that was. I think I was um, 11. Okay. Maybe I was 12. I was born in 87. You were born in 88, if I remember correctly. Oh, were they they're 90? Were they, was uh, episode one 98 or it was 99? 99 or 2000? 99. Oh, 99. I, I, it was 99. There was, it was 99 because. You have okay. so many good movies. So many movies. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was 99 because I worked at Target when it came out. So oh, man. I was working at Target when I was 16 and. What a time. 16. So I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> what a time. Oh, yeah. I, I got a lot of episode one Star Wars toys still in my collection <laughs> from when I uh, from when I worked there. Oh, I got two. I got two Darth Maul statues right up on the shelf to my right. There you go. You know, well, sir. The, one, the, one, the only thing in episode one I would rescue from a fire. <laughs> Darth Maul. They got it lo- I know we're getting off topic, but for the longest time, I had all the Pepsi, you know, Pepsi cans. You know, oh, there was cool. 24. Pep- I didn't have the gold one. I think there was the 25th one. But I had all of them, like, they were open, of course, but they were all on my shelf for, like, 10 years. I had them all there. I look, I'm looking to my right, and it's, like, directly in my eye line is a Darth Maul coffee mug. There or, you go. Like, or tumbler, like, <laughs> right? Insulated tumbler. And then that... directly above that is a, dar- a six-inch or seven-inch Darth, Darth Maul statue. And above that is a, 12, a 12-inch Darth Maul statue. And those are all vintage from Target from the time? Yeah, those are all yeah, purchased at Target. I did the, I did the uh, thing uh, where... When stuff goes on clearance, you just uh, put it behind something. And so then the next week, they mark everything in extra 10%. You just put it behind something. So. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. No. But when I worked there, I worked at Target, too. 
they used to do the same thing. And I remember I once got Ninja Gaiden 2 really like for a couple bucks for 360 <laughs> when it wasn't a couple dollar game because it had fallen behind a shelf and they had found it. And they're like, I know you collect games. I'm like, oh, I'll take this in a heartbeat. Never played yeah. it, but I own it. Last thing I'll say about that is that same time I worked at Target was when Target discontinued selling Super Nintendo games. Oh. And so they marked all their Super Nintendo games like 80, 90 percent off. Wow. So I got uh, I got I got like a, a link to the past for twelve dollars. Oh, so that's a good game. Maybe. They yeah. should have known that in twenty years those things would be collectibles. No, yeah. <laughs> I got I got Chrono I got a I got Chrono Trigger too. A sec, I think a second I got a second copy of Chrono Trigger. Oh, I love that game. I still have a copy yeah. above my head actually. But all right, any, anyway, so Dagobah, 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 Dagobah. I don't care about. Oh, I haven't talked about Dagobah yet. That's okay. Mike, skip. we're talking about Dagobah. We, <laughs> we, we want to talk. We're gonna we're gonna question you about why you feel so. Why does this drag for you, Mike? Because I love the Dagobah stuff so much. It wasn't enough interaction. I don't like Yoda. I don't like him getting so impatient with, with with Yogi. He's like, oh, I know Yoga, Yoda, the Jedi Master. Like he's over I, here. I love that. Or the I love that. I love it. I don't know. Yeah. I just was Yoda's bored testing with it. him. He wants to see is this kid patient. Guess not. <laughs> or is he or is he impatient? Is he or uh, does is he reckless? Because I don't, I don't want to train I don't want to train the next Darth Vader. This kid is powerful. I don't want to train the next Darth Vader, so I'm gonna test him. I'm gonna see how does he treat a weak, silly little forest, you know, forest gnome that <laughs> is annoying him. Is he, you know, is he gonna try to like kill me with his lightsaber? Is he going to ignore me? Is he going to listen to me and treat me kindly? Is he going to take food out of my hand and then throw it, sniff it and throw it away because I touched it. <laughs> like, okay. That part was just like, I'm like, why Luca? He, you aren't going to eat it. Why'd you take it from him? Just to throw it, or at least give it back to him then. You're like, yeah, here you but go. it's keeping in character. Luke is like irrational yeah. and immature and, and foolish and naive. Like it makes sense right. that he would be that way. If it, I don't know, I that he would assume bored. that a powerful Jedi master is going to, you know, he assumed he's going to be human because he's racist. But, you know, he doesn't assume that this little, like, funny little creature that's, like, wrestling over a flashlight with R2-D2 is going to be a great Jedi Master. I was also thinking, shouldn't R2-D2 recognize Yoda? Because Yoda, R2-D2 was never <laughs> no. reset. Yeah, prequels Yoda? don't count. I know, I know. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm not amused that about that part. If he accesses databanks, you're like, oh, that, this guy was very famous. You know, he was he was on the head of the government. He had a palace right next to the Capitol. <laughs> no, I mean, I know, you know, it's like a different thing when you, you know, write fiction later. But I just. It, it would have been. The thing is, is they could have fixed it at the end of episode three. Jimmy Smith tells Wedge to wipe C-3PO's memory banks. And he could have just easily said, wipe both their memory banks. And then, bam, there it is. Yeah, but they never wipe R2-D2s. Yeah. Right, but he should have. That would have fixed it. All I mean, there's a Clone Wars episode where they come, where he's like, you wipe your droid, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> and they have to go rescue R2 because he has all the secrets of the, of the Republic. Yeah, exactly. It's... So, I mean, it's just, it's an ongoing joke about how they never did that. Yes. Because Anakin's a dumbass and won't reset. it makes the original trilogy not make sense. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I always understand you write prequel fiction. Obi-Wan here. also doesn't remember R2-D2 right. in, the, in the first movie. Well, but, I, um, think that's more of, I think that's more of a fake because he never actually owned the droid. But I think he's well aware who R2-D2 is. Just, that's how I take it. Yeah, he I mean, just, I, don't, I don't think I think that's based on the prequels. I don't think there is any reason to think that watching the first movie. Right. No, yeah. I'm just putting things together that I want to put together, making them fit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking speaking of such things, someone else so someone pointed out that um 
if you look at this, this movie is supposed to be taking place five years before or five years. I'm sorry. Solo is supposed to take place five years after the Obi-Wan series is taking place or five years before the Obi-Wan series is taking place. Okay. Right. And so five years before the Obi-Wan series is taking place based on uh, what that would make the little girl in Leia and Obi-Wan five years old and Solo Han Solo is, you know, Oh, I get regarded this. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's you know again when you start adding new things, everything gets murky. <laughs> and weird. Well, it's typical Harrison Ford character though, as we saw in Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, when he was oh, Marion. Yes. Yeah, we I think Marion was what thirteen or something. In it's the original not... script, she was thirteen. Yeah. Right. Let's, yeah. let's not uh, let's not focus on that. Uh. Or actually, not in the original script. If you just do the math of what they say in the script. Right. But, um, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah, so I love I love so many things about this. I like uh, this is one of the when they land and C-3PO falls in the water. I mean, not C-3, uh, RT2 falls in the water you know what you meant. and all that. That is one of the scenes that Lucas actually directed himself. Oh, OK. They added it in and uh, they did. They filmed it in his backyard. <laughs> uh, his swimming pool. He was having a swimming pool installed. And they used that swimming pool and then dressed it up as Dagobah for that scene. Oh, okay. I had no, I did not hear that. That's very interesting. Yeah, I was, re, I, that's a little trivia thing I was reading. I was like, that's crazy to think about. There are cool I, parts to Dagobah. I just was bored overall. I wanted him to get to Cloud City. No, Part I love, of it is, I, love I know all the, the movie. stuff on Dagobah. And I, I want the stuff on Dagobah. I want more of it. I want to see more of Luke training. You know, he's not there very long, right? Or is he there longer than I think he is? Because they don't have hyperdrive when they go to Cloud City. So they're okay. Yeah, this is the whole problem, right? <laughs> so canonically, according to sources that are still considered canon, the Hoth and Bespin are eleven hundred fifty light years apart. Which means, without a hyperdrive, it would take one thousand one hundred fifty years to fly from <laughs> Hoth to Bespin. Okay, so it's so, safe to say they didn't fly that whole way. Then. Well, that's so. So in the canon. They add they added in a canon source saying that the Millennium Falcon and like one of the te- the tech book basically the technical like the books that have yeah. like technical specifications of the ships one of them is considered canon it says that the Millennium Falcon has a backup much slower hyperdrive <laughs> that <laughs> would make it to where it would take like just a while but it wouldn't take years to get there so I don't know they they had to have some sort of hyperdrive. Or else Bespin and Hoff have to be in the same star system. Is I always like, like a few months that they're traveling. I I mean, it could it's, it's not ever said. Okay. It's it's not ever said. I feel like it's still supposed to be a short amount of time. Yeah. Because I, mean, I feel like Luke, maybe a week, like being generous. Like you don't see days pass and everything, but it seems like a week is a is a fair bet based on what we see in the movie. Because you know, they're all wearing the same clothes, really. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I I feel like I mean by the end of Luke's training, you see him like doing like somersaults and all sorts of stuff, and right. you see him like doing like complex like four stuff, lifting multiple things at a time while standing on one hand. And then when he fights Vader later, he like does like a super speed jump at one point and <laughs> right. things like that. And I'm like I I like to I always like to just imagine that he was on Dagobah for like six months, eight to ten weeks is what the internet says. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's okay. and, and is that canon or is that just like people's head canon? I wonder. I don't know. <laughs> it's just what popped you know up what when I, sh- I searched it. The first thing that came up. I should I should read 
the novel probably has something. Oh, there's no official answer to this question, but according to Mr. Pablo Hidalgo, created executive member of the Lucasfilm story group, it is possible Luke Skywalker was on Dagobah only for a few weeks, but it would have felt to him more like months, approximately approximately about six months. Okay, so he's just spitballing, really. Yes, no one really. They never. Yeah, no one knows. Is the answer? Okay. The, the the problem it, it really is just it's a it's it's one of those it is I I would say it's really the only real plot hole in the original trilogy to me is that you have this situation where it's a major it's a majorly important plot point that the Millennium Falcon does not have a working hyperdrive but that's not how space works right like right if if we assume that they're in the same system and it's like the distance from like Earth Jupiter. Well, that's, you know, on a good time of, you know, at a good time of alignment, you could get from Earth to Jupiter on a really fast ship in like nine months, six months, right? right? Or you figure it's Earth to Mars, right? When Earth and Mars are the closest to each other, we can get from Earth to Mars in like three months, right? So you figure something, you know, if you if you just decide that Bespin and Hoth are in the same system, then you can headcanon that maybe it's a couple of months. See, I've been yeah. watching too much Star Trek lately, so I'm always like, well, wait a second, this would be... <laughs> so that's what yeah, kind of my exactly. it's like. Exactly. Yeah. Without warp speed, you're not going anywhere in space. So. Yeah, right, exactly. And and hyperdrive is warp more... Speed. more. It, it's different than warp speed. It's more like um, opening a wormhole. Okay. Does that make sense? You're entering like a different reality when you go into hyperspace. It's how you get from well, the beta actually, alpha again, quadrant I don't to the gamma quadrant, canon. right? Yeah, I don't know if that's canon. But yeah, in, in warp, you're creating a bubble around your ship and then that bubble can fly at the speed of light because it's not being subjected to the forces of physics is the idea of warp of warp so okay. oh yeah okay we'll just we'll just say six to eight weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> but that, that's kind of funny they never did give a actual answer like all the stuff that's come out canon wise for for this and then you never think somewhere someone would be like yeah put a little line in here just to say yeah they were it took them a while like something but they they really need to to come up with something but i think the thing they can i mean they did they came up with something in that when you piece together different canon sources they do have a hyperdrive it just doesn't work very well right it's like a backup hyperdrive that is very slow but it still allows faster than light travel you do get cool scenes of seeing luke train i mean you have the scene where he goes into the cave and you know what he says yeah let's talk about that because i really like that scene a lot and there's a lot in it and this is one of the things they changed in the special editions oh what they change about it uh, a couple of things. So there were kind of subtle clues that Kirshner had put in there to show you that it's not real. Vader's, oh. bre- Vader's breathing is at a different pitch than it normally is. And his lightsaber is orange and not red. And supposedly that was on purpose. Now, maybe it wasn't. But if you listen to it, I, I watched and I replayed it over and over. If you listen it on the original theatrical cut, when he walks in that cave, it is a different sound than Vader's normal breathing. And the lightsaber is decidedly orange oh, on the okay. theatrical. Like, it is definitely orange. That might have been a mistake. It might have been an accident. And they came back and said, no, 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 it's because it's not real. But there's that. And then when he chops his head off, well, I think those are the only things they changed from special editions, those two things. I would say the third clue to me that it's not real is when he chops off the head, it sparks like he's a droid. And if you think about it, Luke doesn't really know what's going on under Vader's hood. He just knows that Obi-Wan has told him that Vader's more machine than man, right? right? Yeah. So then, and so you could imagine that Luke maybe, you know, if this is all in Luke's head, Luke imagines that Vader is, you know, like mostly droid, 
So when he chops off his head, it sparks like he dropped off of a droid's head. I don't, again, I feel like that's on purpose, but I don't know. It's also in slow motion. That's the other thing. Right. His whole the time he's in there, slow, it's all in slow motion, which is, again, I think to give it a dreamlike state. Right. And you'll also notice Luke raises his lightsaber first, and then Vader raises his. So it's like, because, you know, Yoda told him, you, you all, you know, he says, what will I find in there? He goes, only what you bring with you. And then he doesn't take away his weapon either. So he starts the problem. Yeah, he's a, he he tells him he doesn't need his weapons and he goes in there with it anyway. And so it's like he's bringing in his own fears. He's bringing in his own like everything he does. It's him. And then when he kills him and then the, the, the face panel blows up and he sees his face. I do like that. And it's like he's seeing what will happen if he continues down this reckless path instead of listening to Yoda. Yeah. I don't know. I really, I really like that whole scene. I don't like what they did with it later in the canon, where the what they established later in the canon is that the reason Yoda picked Dagobah in the first place is because there's this like dark side well there that would cloud anyone living on that planet from detection. No, really? That's... Yeah. I'm okay it's, with that, that because that might, I mean that might be extended universe, but I think that's canon that he went there specifically because the that dark side well there would mask his force signature to anyone searching for a powerful Jedi master. I mm-hmm. feel like that is canon because I feel like in Clone Wars there's a comment of Doctor yeah. Dagobah in Clone right, Wars. Right, exactly. And then but that's fine. Yeah, I think they go to Dagobah in an episode of Clone Wars actually, and that's the whole thing. But yeah, I it's fine. But I think it's better to just be like well i don't know i mean i guess it doesn't matter right i mean because does because otherwise what is the explanation for that place is it that yoda created it as a test for luke is it i don't know yeah i'm trying to think of what he does in revenge of the sith what he says i think it's just like dagobah must go and it's just like he has to he has to just have that line there and go there because we knew that he was there in empire strikes back so they put, put that in there but he never yeah. really says why i like to think that I guess I always thought that he went there because there was so much, there was something masking where he, where he would be. Well, yeah, I always figured Dagobah because there's so much life. Right. That it just creates like so much force energy that like, because he says uh, a little after this, that the force is created by living beings. Yeah. Like that they living, you know, living organisms create the force. Yeah. Um, And there's a whole thing, I guess Yeah, in Clone Wars, he does go in the last season. They, do a little thing where he goes to Dagobah and that's why he to connect this movie. Yeah. In the in the new season they made a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I, I do like one, maybe not that one, that. but the other one, but one of them. I do like the idea that, you know, there is a dark side. You know, you know, he goes to the, where he says like that place over there is strong on the dark side. I do like the idea that if you have a bunch of life together, Scar is gonna be like a pocket of the dark side or something, or like a oh, well yeah. or something like that. Because there's and, always supposed to be balance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool. I don't go into it too much, which is, which is right. I mean, I don't, I think like the way Yoda talks is he talks about the forest, but he doesn't do anything too concrete, nothing about midi chlorines or whatever, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. and I, I think it works because it's very, he speaks in, you know, kind of aphorisms and kind of Zen master phrases, which, you know, are very, it's, it's, you know, very open to interpretation. And I think that's why it works. Yeah, most of my like teenage and or you know in early to mid twenties or early twenties, I had a poster of Yoda with like just a bunch of his quotes on it. Yeah, always up in a room somewhere. I wish I could. I wish I knew what happened with it. 
<laughs> it's it's yeah it's very like i don't know i'm trying to put it in historical context but i feel like in like the late 60s to 70s there was a lot of this called zen stuff going on oh yeah there's a, there was. a american fascination with eastern religion at this time. right yeah that's and that's cool. and that yeah exactly i think yoda is supposed to be there's a trope of like you know the western man going to a mountain in like tibet and finding the, the old asian man on top of a mountain who has these zen wisdoms and i think Yoda's exactly. a little bit like that and that would have been very familiar to people at the time of, oh, yeah, this is like the old Chinese man who lives on top of the mountain. Yeah, it's very much it's a it's a mixture of that and kind of like Merlin, like the the like dirty wizard living in the woods. kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. I, I mean, I love everything about it. I was like I said, like I've been I've been wanting to my next tattoo is uh, get a luminous beings. Are we not this crude yeah. matter? You it's know, a great line. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's 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 a big part of like it's it's really silly to say, but like my like spiritual beliefs align largely with Yoda, which is <laughs> nothing wrong with it. It feels silly to say, but it is. It it, it is where I I fall. I just I really state you live in. It's a good thing you're not following the other religious beliefs in that state. So hey, yeah. So I mean, it's just I um yeah. I just love everything with Yoda in this movie. I love I love him riding around on Luke's back in a little backpack, you know, training him like that and. It very much like I think of, well, like you were saying, like the Zen master on the mountain thing. I think of like uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, The Harsh Tutelage of Pai Mei. And it's different, but still like Pai Mei, like sitting there and like smacking her with the with his little stick whenever she you know tries to rest and stuff. And I think of that, of Yoda riding on her back, uh, riding on his back and telling him what to do and all that. I, I love when he's like balancing on, on top of Luke and then Luke loses concentration when the, the, when the, right. the X-Wing sinks. And he his goes, face is concentrate. <laughs> and he has got a great face there. Oh yeah, he does. And it just—I love that they used Frank Oz for the voice of him. Oh yeah, they. I there's a story that they tried to get. They tried to launch a campaign to get Frank Oz nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, they did. Yeah, Lucas but, put out, yeah. spent a lot of money on an ad campaign to get him uh, nominated, but they didn't. The Academy is like very dead set against voice actors. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he sells he sells the role and he really does. Yeah. And the puppetry is great, too. I mean, I was I was looking at it as a modern viewer and saying, wow, that yeah, I really believe that that's a real character. Like there's, you very, do. there's very little like, oh, that's a puppet. And, and, you know, watching the movies with my my 10 year old, um, which I mean, we started watching these when he was four and he's a big Star Wars fan like me. And I've been really good about not pushing my opinions of the movies on him. But I was really he he like agrees with me that the practical stuff looks so much better than the CG stuff. Right. And he even though like his favorite Star Wars movie is Rise of Skywalker. That's OK. <laughs> that's OK. He still like you can tell because in the new in the sequels, that is one good thing I'll say about the sequels is they use a lot of practical. Mm-hmm. They use a lot of practical. And, and there's a story which may not be true, but has been spread a lot by the people involved that Ewan McGregor's. Uh, is it either his daughter or his niece. I uh, know it's his niece because his daughter wasn't born yet. That she visited him on set when they were filming. No, no, it wasn't that. But it was something. Oh, no, he showed her Empire Strikes Back. And she immediately, when she was like three, and she immediately connected with Yoda and said he looks like he's real. <laughs> and that Ewan McGregor shared that story with J.J. Abrams when they were doing something else together at some point. And so then when Abrams got tapped to do Force Awakens... He really pushed for the use of practical effects and puppetry over CG. Supposedly, according to Abrams, it's because of what Ewan McGregor's 
you know niece said yeah that's that's cool it's a good story yeah. if it's true it's a i mean i don't know if it's true but i mean allegedly you know it's it is a good it definitely makes a good story which always makes good stories are always a little suspect to me as a as a history teacher but still i like it because it does it really does sell it i can say if my son like he definitely prefers the practical effect looking stuff more than the cg stuff and he's a little kid but because it looks real yeah so I, it looks real for i mean it, things just look you know the actor's eye lines will match up as opposed mm-hmm. to if it's just a tennis ball with on a stick or something <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, when characters are being filmed on a set yeah instead of in front of a green screen yeah you know you look at them filming like episode two and it's like it's nothing is real not even the ground right they're filming like in just a giant green room and it just it's like they're jumping around on like pads and stuff mm-hmm. and there's nothing and it, it would just it 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 feels like depressing to watch them make it whereas yeah. you watch this and it's like they, they built this. They built Dagobah. They built this set. This this movie. Speaking, of, we didn't mention that they built the Millennium Falcon. They built the entire ship for yeah. only this movie. It's the only movie that they used the entire thing for. Oh, that's cool. Eighty five feet long. Wow. Like they built it. And they used like because then they they you know for the first movie they only built the like one hallway, the cockpit, and the galley. And then for Return of the Jedi, they only have the the cockpit, and then that's it. And then, but for this movie, they built this entire 80 foot, 85 foot long ship. And then they, right. they, they rebuilt parts of it for the force awakens, but they still didn't use the whole thing. But anyway, this is cool. Cause there's so much of the ship that they show and I, don't, I just like yeah. that so much. You know, you you're them, very right. And when they're standing, there's like scenes, like we were watching this morning with my son and we are watching and, you know, there's a part in the beginning of the movie where Leia is standing next to an X wing while she's talking. And it's like, She's next to an actual X-Wing. Right. And it makes it look so much better than if it was. So I just, I really, I, that's one of the things I gush over is, is how much better Yoda looks in this than he looks in the prequels. Mm-hmm. And they did actually try like to that. use a puppet. They did try to use a puppet in episode one and it just didn't look right to Lucas. So what do you mean? Puppets don't dance as well and fly and stuff like that. Huh? Well, in episode one, he's just floating around on a little chair, but yeah, something, just, something was definitely off about the episode one puppet. Well, because it's it's CG, they tried to use a puppet, and Lucas was like, uh, "No, that doesn't look right." Well, the, so they, in the I think oh, no, in you're the right. Theatrical version, it was a puppet, and then the right. DVDs they changed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep, it was. I can't. I I did see it in the theater several times. I can't remember though. Yeah, if you watch like the trailer, you'll see like Puppet Yoda, and it just looks. I don't know what it is. They just couldn't. They couldn't replicate the magic or something. It just looked. Well, awful. I think they had to rebuild the puppet because they didn't have. They don't have the original. Also. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, there you go. And this this original one was also they they used like really heavy materials for it, and it hurt Frank Oz's arm. So they had to. <laughs> they, it took them forever to. This is probably one of the places where they went over budget. It took them forever to film because he kept having to take breaks because his arm would get like really sore. <laughs> or arms, because if you watch him do it, he's using both arms. It's they're doing it the Muppet style, where he's got one hand inside the puppet and one hand operating like the arms on like yeah. a thing, but. No, I, I really I love all that stuff. I like when Yoda picks up the the X wing. Oh yeah, you know? and and I love like before he does it, what he says to Luke, where he says, "Size matters not. Judge <laughs> me by my size, do you?" And Luke looks at him and then looks down. And he goes, "And well, you should not, for my ally is a force and a powerful ally it is." You know, I love that. And then later when he picks it up and and Luke goes, "I don't believe it," 
And Yoda says, that is why you fail. I love, oh man, I'm getting chills right now talking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm like shivering thinking about those, about that line. Like They are good. Really I thing. just was bored. So okay. I mean, when I was a kid, I was bored too, but as I've grown older, I've come to appreciate those things. Oh yeah. When I was a kid, my favorite was Return of the Jedi. And this was my second favorite and they flip. And now Return of the Jedi is my second favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I actually, when I was doing my rewatch last, God, how many years has it been since Rise of Skywalker came out now? I didn't finish Return of the Jedi. I got burned out on Star Wars. It was December 2019. I can say that for sure. (laughs) Might as well have been 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. I never finished it. So I'm actually excited to go back and watch Return of the Jedi because I haven't seen that whole movie in so many years. Yeah. So when I was a kid, what I would usually, when I was a little kid, or I say little kid, I mean, I was like 12, 13. When I was a young teenager, and dumb. I would watch the Star Wars VHS over and over again, the the face ones, the rem- the 95 remasters, and I would usually what I would do is I would watch all three and then I would go back and watch Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like that. So I would, so I'd watch them as like four, I would watch all three and then I got to where I would skip the first one and just do Empire and Jedi. I know when I was younger, so, yeah. I didn't like A New Hope. New Hope had really same, grown on me. Same, but now, yeah, as an adult, I really like it. It's, it's you know, my third favorite, but I, I love it. But yeah, it's Empire just... But anyway, we're, we are... Um, yeah, so so they're on Dagobah. <laughs> and meanwhile, on Bespin, we have some really fun stuff happen. Um, I love C-3PO getting blown up. Yes, that, and, that amused and, me still. And Chewbacca's putting it together, and Lando walks in, and it's like, oh, let's go to you know dinner, da da da. And he's like, and he turn, he looks down, and he gets he's, his face gets quizzical. He goes, something wrong with your droid? And Han looks at him and goes, no. Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> it's like C three PO is obviously exploded. He has scorch marks all over him and is in pieces. It's yeah. It's it's such a weird. It's it's such an obviously not correct thing to say, but it works because it's just so absurd. It's like yeah, it's no. so funny. I love it. It's so no, yeah. Why do you ask? And well, but it's Han doesn't trust Lando, right? Right. He can tell he's like something's wrong here. I don't like you know. First, you know, like this guy rolls out the red carpet to us when he should hate me. Next, our droid gets blown up mysteriously. Yeah. Like I love the the Ugnots are like salvaging the pieces and like they play keep away with his head from yeah. Chewbacca. Oh, I love it. Is there a reason why they took him apart? Oh, I, think- I mean, he walked in on some stormtroopers. Oh, okay. So the shot him, and then the Ugnots were dismantling him and going to get rid of the evidence. And Chewbacca yeah. walked in and found him and took the okay. parts back. But that's what they were doing. Okay, I was wondering yeah. why they just took him apart for. I figured. I mean, I figured it was to remove any, um, you know, evidence. Yeah. Because whenever he powers him back on, the first thing he says is "Stormtroopers here." And yeah, one of my uh, it's a goof I notice every time. Um, if you watch. The conveyor belt. When three people's head goes on the conveyor belt in the, in the furnace room, you can see the cameraman clearly reflected in the image of the helmet. Oh, I, I see it every time. Uh, I think it's so funny though. But you I've just never see that. some guy with like a t-shirt and jeans. And they, and they didn't remove it for the special edition. They didn't. It's there. When I was on, at least on Disney, you can still see it. So that's, that's funny. funny. Yeah, because yeah. they 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 fix so much stuff. There's a I, that's one thing I noticed watching this theatrical version. There's a ton of like uh, blue screen artifacting where you can clearly see the outlines where they like cut out the image and put it on to the other image with the film. You can see it a lot in the theatrical version. There's also places where R2-D2 is on a blue screen. And because he's partly blue, 
any part oh. of him that's blue turns gray. So he's like a black and white droid. My son was like, why is R2-D2 black and white? And I was like, oh, yeah, why is he? And I looked it up and it was because it was a blue screen. And so the blue turns gray. But um, yeah, I, yeah, they I, fixed that stuff on the special edition. And that's something I don't mind either because, oh, yeah, you know, 100%. 100%. It, looks, it, it looks a lot better. And I, I don't necessarily care that that's not how it was presented originally. I'm like, okay. That's why I like the Star Wars demastered project where they they go through and painstakingly remaster everything but don't change things right that's that's the best that's the best situation that's what i feel like disney could sell a whole new blu-ray box set by doing that but they won't but they could right they They have it within their power they have it within their power to do this and it would make them so much money i would think because it would give them an excuse to re issue the blu-rays and get people to buy a second or third set of blu-rays and you'd be one uh, of them so yeah i, I would 100 both of you i'd much rather watch a you know hd remaster that's unchanged than this like sd theatrical cut i watched <laughs> but uh, anyway yeah so they're on 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 cloud city and right. it's it's a lot of fun i like i like uh, billy d williams's lando he does a good job. This he is also my first job. time ever seeing this actor in a movie. Oh, he's in Batman. Yeah, well, so I've seen him that too, I, but at the time. Oh, at I saw time, that, yeah. Batman was one of the, the, that was like a very, a movie I should not have seen in the theater. That my, <laughs> gra- my grandfather took me to see Batman when I was six, 1989. I saw Batman in the theater and whoo, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's um, Two-Face. Yeah, I, I, I like that he's in there, but I mean, he does yes. a good job in this movie. This, oh, yeah. I love Cloud City. Like that's when I I watched Cloud City the scene most of it when I was on my phone <laughs> at night. I went to bed and I was like, I should get some sleep. I'm gonna finish Star Wars so in case I'm too tired in the morning. And I just started watching it and I I really forgot how much I enjoyed this scene. Oh I yeah, enjoyed I, everything with it. I love everything with Cloud City. I love the idea of you know like a mining like this basically space station inside a glass a gas giant. Yeah. Like I love it. I was going to say uh, fun alternate reality. Billy D. Williams was one of the actors that auditioned to play Han Solo in A New Hope. No, oh. yeah, he was yeah, one of many. He was one of many actors who auditioned, but he did audition to play right. Han Solo. That would have been something. That would have but, been, uh, yeah, whole other thing. But um, yeah, no, I love him as Lando. I love how he's just like relentlessly hitting on Princess Leia. Right, and she's like, I think she's just like pretending to go for it to make Han Solo jealous. I think so too. I, I think that's how that we're supposed to read it. Yeah. I don't think she's actually taken in by him. Um, no. But I love, yeah, when he betrays them and he brings them to the dinner, and <laughs> and I love Han immediately pulls out his blaster and tries to kill Darth Vader, yeah. like no hesitation. <laughs> like, there's shoots, that guy shoots him three times. Yeah, he just takes and his gun from him. He's like, "Well, that's well, nice." I love it that he blocks the blasters with his hand. Right, and it's like that's something we haven't seen. That's pretty cool. And I don't think we really ever see that either. No, I think well, the I mean, Vader is thing one of the ever... most powerful Jedi that ever, ever lived. I want to say so. Right, and it's it's yeah. pretty neat. We think about it like later, and one of the things I like about the sequels when Kylo Ren stops the blaster bolt in midair oh, yeah. with the Force. <laughs> I feel like that's like, a, oh, you thought it was cool when Darth Vader blocked one of his <laughs> hand. This guy can stop them in midair. They were right. just trying to make that movie cool. That's all. Which I know, I think it. I, I think mean, it I, works. I, I like it. I like the Force Awakens. It's. it's I like the Force Awakens also. Yeah, it's the first. Okay, it's the second one I hate. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's good and bad about all of them. I think, but but anyway, um, I like that whole scene, and that's also fun fact. The only time, the first time anyway, uh, Han Solo and Darth Vader are ever in a scene together. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, and then when you know he freezes him in carbonite, 
they're the only times they're ever in the same scene together in mm-hmm. the whole trilogy. And then you get introduced to my favorite character of all time, Boba Fett. In this. Yeah. Well, I know so he doesn't we, do anything in these movies. And we've I just seen him, have always we've seen him in the background. We saw him in the background earlier. But yeah, this is, yeah, when, this is when he he has his one line. Yep. Well, he has five lines in the dead. movie. Yeah. So, he has five it, lines. As you in, wish. Yeah. Yeah. You can go through his lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there aren't many. Now, this I mean, is the first one. Now he has a very pronounced New Zealand accent, but you know. Yeah. But yes, uh, uh, he does. Whatever. But anyway, I li- I like it. I I, I also I've, I was always as a kid very just mystified by. It. I was like, ooh, this this guy in this yeah. armor is really cool looking. He's not mentioned by name in the movie. No one says Boba Fett. Not in the original. They, in the uh, special edition, they add in a line of someone saying, Boba, uh, "Lando says Boba Fett." Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah, he says something like, um, he took Han Solo, uh, a bounty, he gave Han Solo to a bounty hunter named Boba Fett. Oh, oh, yep. To, okay. Yeah. But that was added in the special edition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the other reason, like, I love Boba Fett, when I was a kid in elementary school, I had a shirt with Boba Fett on one side and Vader on the other. I used to wear it all the time. One of my favorite shirts when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, no, in the uh, original trilogy, Boba Fett's name is um, given, as uh, said twice in the same line. Han Solo on the skiff when he's blind. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> and those same my those same friends, my friend and his brother, that told me that Han Solo had to have the four seas of lightsaber. That same night, we also watched Return of the Jedi, and they said that he's saying Rocket Pack, Rocket Pack. <laughs> and I'm like, is that what he's saying? But, kids, uh, why do kids make up this dumb stuff? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what? I mean, why were we? How were we supposed to know his name was Boba Fett? That's true. Yeah. In 1994. 1993, whatever. Yeah, it was. you weren't just, you got to have a book for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we did, though, to come to think of it. Um, he had, my, that was my friend that got me into reading the Star Wars novels. I borrowed a bunch of them, and he had the Tales of the Bounty Hunters. That was a classic one. Yeah, which I think has Boba Fett in it, right? It has a, it has a story about Boba Fett in that. Yeah, it does I have, think. you know, it does have a story about Boba Fett, which is very non canon nowadays, but oh, at yeah. the time it was. Jaster, Mar- the story of how Jaster Morrill became Boba Fett. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, anyway. That was it was a good series, yeah. It's yeah, was, but yeah, so it's a cool scene where he's like, "Please join us," you know. <laughs> Darth Vader's just so smooth. Yes, and we'd then, be honored if you join us. He's very catty. Be honored, yes. He like gestures grandly to the chairs, <laughs> and then the door closes. It's it's very cool. And then when they're torturing Han Solo, yeah, and he's like, he didn't even ask me any questions. <laughs> I love it, but I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to signal luke through the force have his friends be in like intense pain yeah and it works that is a cool scene that that's what draws him away from his training to bring him to best spin is that they are being tortured for no reason right yeah. did leia get tortured too or they don't, don't show it so. they don't okay. show it yeah yeah if it happens they don't show it they just show han being tortured yeah, yeah. that that is an interesting part and the whole like carbonite freezing i always find it odd that they freeze him in carbonite but at the same time it has a little control panel at the side of it <laughs> Well, no, it, it is well, it's the way it works. Uh, it's how they like they store perishable goods with by freezing with carbonite. And so they have a little panel on the side of the it's like a frame that you're that goes onto it that monitors like the the vital signs of the perishable goods. OK, that makes yeah, sense. it's like it's like the slab. And then there's like a casing that gets put on the slab. It's all done automatically in that pit or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a cool way, like, be introduced. And like, yeah, we don't know this is a work, but so we'll just test yeah, it on this guy. He's like, we use this for cargo. I don't know uh, yeah. it could, if you freeze a person in there, it could kill him. Because he's planning to use it for Luke. He's like, good point. We'll test it on Captain Solo. <laughs> it's like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, it's it's good. I mean, I and then like that. the whole idea is just to bring Luke there, and like yeah. when you first see Luke going to Bespin, and he's just sneaking around, and it doesn't take so, long before he runs into. I just I just want to say something about the carbon freeze. Sure. Like that whole chamber is just so well lit, and it's it's Everything very like it. it's like orange lighting and blue lighting, and it's it's so spectacular. And that's I think only the only other really thing I can think of is the kind of the throne room in the Last Jedi, which is kind of red and black too but mm-hmm. it's one well, of the return most of the stark or... well, the, oh the no last, last jedi no, you're the right. last jedi has like that throne room well return of the jedi has a good like blue and black that's true. like theme to it also but yeah no i love this is i was like i paused and just sat and looked for a while at that when luke and vader face off i was gonna add like um one thing i like on bespin is the running gag of that darth vader keeps altering the terms <laughs> of the deal with lando right and lando's yeah, like funny He's like, I've altered the terms of our agreement. Pray that I don't alter them further. Or when he says, perhaps you feel that you're being treated unfairly. Right. He's like, no. I Vader just is, Vader's, a, Vader's got the cat. He's got the cattiness down. Yeah, he's so good. And Lando is like, this deal gets worse and worse all the time. Right. Just, it's so it's so good. And then and Lando you, decides to betray him at the end. and Which right. is good. Like, you have that it's small... Good. That small scene where he's like, get out. I mean, the Imperials have taken over. Get out if you want. Get out now. Yeah. Yeah. This is another place where they made a very minor change in the special editions that I don't think really matters. But they added one word. What would they add? <laughs> so when he goes on the intercom, he says, attention. In the special edition, he goes, attention, attention. Oh. That's it. That's it. Just one little change. Why? That's what Lucas always he... intended. He just didn't have the money to put that extra word Yeah. in that. I don't get Stuff like that just doesn't make sense. Just leave it alone. That kind of tinkering, yeah. It's that's why I'm glad that Lucas doesn't have control of Star Wars anymore. I mean, it works. Like I have no issue with it. I oh mean, yeah, it, makes sense. it doesn't and, matter. It doesn't matter. It's but just, why change? Just leave it the way it is. I was looking at a list of the changes, and I'm like, what? Why? Why does that matter? But yeah, he I, says, "Attention, this is Lando Calrissian," and then the new one goes, "Attention, attention, this is Lando Calrissian." I really want the story notes for the special. Like, I just want like. I want the notepad that he because presumably Lucas sat down and like watched the movie and was like, I want to change this. I want to change this. And I just want to know what his process was. Like I want like the original notes of him writing down. I better change this. I have to add that word yeah. in there. If I put Tamara Morrison's voice in here, I don't have to pay royalties to the guy that played Boba Fett anymore. <laughs> right. It's... Yeah. I, mean, I, I assume it's part of it. <laughs> it's probably. Yeah. I know that they definitely did that to the guy that voiced the emperor. He doesn't get any residuals oh, yeah. anymore and he is not happy about it. And he is cre- he is credited though. They did not change it in the credits. It says Cla- right. I think his name is Clive Revel, but it's like Clive, Clive Revel as the emperor. Yeah, yeah it's they, like it's a mistake. Yeah, or maybe not a mistake. I don't know. Uh, Lucas also quit the uh, Screen Actors, the Directors Guild, and Screenwriters Guild over this movie, supposedly because of them sn- finding they find the movie and Irving Kirshner personally for not putting the credits at the front of the movie. Yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah, and so he. Lucas paid the fines and he paid Irvin Kirshner's fines, which is a quarter of a million dollars just for <laughs> Kirshner. And then he renounced his membership in the Screen Actors, uh, the Screenwriters Guild and the Screen Directors Guild. Yeah. And he's never rejoined either. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I like the, the whole changing the agreement. I like when he releases Chewbacca. And as soon as he takes the cuffs on Chewbacca, Chewbacca starts choking him out. And he's which- like, I had no <laughs> choice. And then Leia goes, oh, you hear that, Chewbacca? He had no choice. <laughs> You know, but if he wouldn't have choked him for like a minute, they might have made it to the ship in time. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> they were just I might have, they they were about barely, a minute behind. Barely. I mean, yeah. 
you know, maybe you shouldn't be choking the guy to help. I mean, I get it, but like, you know, choke him later, maybe, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chewie's just so emotional. He's just a Wookiee. I mean, I get it. He, well, he is. It, it makes sense that he'd be emotional, but still, yeah. It was because the guy that saved him in a pit all those years ago was now in danger. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was like his best friend, his, his blood tried brother, to kill? you know. Had he tried to kill when they were in a mud pit? Yeah. I know we're running out of time. A couple things I want to mention quick is you have the, when Luke gets there, you have the Luke and Vader fight after Vader tries to, tries to freeze him and he jumps out. I like that. He's like, oh, you're not that impressive after all. He's like, oh. You escaped. Impressive. <laughs> this is my this is my favorite my favorite fight scene in I think other than maybe the duel of the fates with Darth Maul. This is my favorite fight scene in all of Star Wars. It's is really good. Vader. It's really well done. It's I think it's well choreographed. There's like really subtle things. Luke is always fighting with two hands on his lightsaber, and Vader is always fighting with one. And it's clear that Vader is just like kind of casually blocking everything with one hand. Like it's kind of like showing you that Vader is far superior, but then Luke does get the better of him a couple of times. Yeah. He like when he does, like you said, he, he knocks the lightsaber out of Luke's hand and then knocks him back into, backs him off into the, the carbonite freezing thing. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls the lever and says all too easy. <laughs> yeah. And then you see Luke super speed fly out of that thing. Right. And, <laughs> and Vader so, misses it at first. Yeah, he doesn't see it. He's like looking down and then he comes out. He's up above him. He hears him clanging around up there. And then Luke jumps out, rips down a, a hose, sprays him in the face of coolant. Yeah. Vader backs away. Luke summons his lightsaber to him with a force and tries to chop Vader. And Vader barely blocks it in time. And Luke starts attacking him. And then Vader falls off the platform. And it's just like, it's so well done. Everything about it. And it's then, really good. It. It drew me back into this movie huge. Like when I got to the end of this part on my phone, I was like, wow, this is really good. Like I had forgotten how good this final fight. And they keep going. I watched it three times. <laughs> I watched it three times. I kept rewinding and rewatching. It's and, worth and, it though. Yeah. It's I'm always impressed. And I'm sad more movies don't do this, is where you have the big bell at the beginning and then have a much quieter, smaller fight towards the end. And it's the only Star Wars movie that does it. Yeah. It's then, there's not a big battle. There's not a big explosion at the end. It's the big battle is just between Luke and Vader, and yeah. it works. It's so effective, and you it don't is, need like a, a a shootout or anything. Exactly. No, I mean, it's just two people trying to kill each other. With right. Swords. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not because Vader's not trying to kill him. Is right. The thing. Vader wants to take him alive, and so Vader, like, is it again? Vader's not going all out. He's like one hand, one hand lightsaber fighting him. And then he's like throwing stuff at him with the force later when they're in that hallway. I love that yeah. part because Luke blocks one or two, but then he gets hit from behind. And those are probably like really heavy things hitting him. And you can see <laughs> he becomes more and more sluggish the more he gets hit. And yeah. that is like that is really realistic. I was uh, in my martial arts class and I we were sparring multiple partners over and over again, like, you know, two minutes, 30 second break, two minutes, 30, like, you know, 10 rounds. And by the end of it, I had gotten hit so much. I'm just like sluggishly throwing i'm like oh, <laughs> oh i gotta stop it's like this i understand is, how luke feels now yeah it, it's exactly i was watching today i was like oh man that's like i mean because i i went up against a black belt and i was just getting pummeled and then at the end i was against a black belt again and i'm just like oh, oh just just <laughs> sluggishly throwing blows out there and like just like ducking down and like protecting i'm just like oh oh and we weren't even full contact. We were like medium contact, you know? So it's like, it is very realistic. He's getting hit. The more he gets hit, the slower he gets. Right. And then he gets knocked out that window. 
or sucked out the window. And Vader has to actually like grab onto the wall to not get sucked out himself. I love it. That was cool. And fun fact, like Mark Hamill did all of his own stunts in this movie, except for the last one. Oh, when he falls off the antenna? When he falls off the antenna, a stuntman did that because they didn't have real stunt cushions back then. If you ever looked behind the scenes, they just have a bunch of mattresses piled underneath them. <laughs> wasn't the, wasn't falling out the window, wasn't that done by a, like a stunt person? Oh, that might be. No, that's the one that was done by a stunt person. You're yeah. right. He does, he does the fall off the antenna himself. Yeah. yeah. It was being sucked out the window because that you put a harness and you pull you real fast and you can get whiplash. So he didn't do that. But all the other, the fighting, all that, all the stunts, the fight core, that was all, all Mark Hamill. It's, it's cool. It's he did a impressive. good job. Yeah. Like it's just such a good. I mean, such a good scene with him. You know, and he's just on this like little antenna thing because he's trying to get away from Vader. And then he got his hand. He gets his hand. Does he get his hand cut off at this part or before this? He gets his hand cut off while he's on the antenna. Okay. Yeah. So and where does that lightsaber go? I always you see it, it should be gone forever. That's okay. It. So so how did <laughs> it end up in Maz? Yeah. That's as she says. That's a story for another time. So I presume we'll get a mini series about the hand in the light. I'm surprised we still have it. <laughs> there, there. Well, we have, we have. There's, oh, a, we have? there's oh. a comic. There's a comic where it was collected and was given to. It was it was found and collected, and the hand and the lightsaber were given to. Sorry, that's not canon. That's in the extended universe. The hand and the lightsaber were given to the emperor as trophies, and the emperor used the hand to clone Luke. And then that's is that in the Shadow? No, not Shadows Empire. The, Dark uh, Empire. The Dark Dark Empire where. Luke meets Mara Jade and that's he ends up giving that lightsaber to Mara. That's heir to the Empire, yeah. He ends up giving that lightsaber to Mara Jade after defeating his clone in the uh, third book in that trilogy. Yeah, that's that's where it comes from, yeah. Yeah, but that's all non-canon now. Right, so. yeah. I should remember that considering we just did three episodes on that entire series. Because uh, Le- Leia's pregnant with Jaina and Jason in that series, yeah. so. Have we gotten, but have we gotten like a current, what the current canon is, uh, what the hand happens yeah. to the hand? Okay, we not not to my research. They haven't okay. explained That's it yet. Stupid, because that was a big. That was a reason I was so excited to see the Last Jedi to get answers, and I'm still waiting for answers. No, I mean I think they should have just made it a different lightsaber. Make it right. make it Obi Wan's lightsaber, and then make make Ray turn out to be Obi Wan's like you know granddaughter or something or niece or something. That would have been better. You know, right. like something we'll like talk- that. We'll talk about. It. I disagree, but we'll we'll. Yeah, I, I I disagree with what I just said. Also, I'd rather <laughs> I, I'd actually rather her be nobody, like they said, and like right. Jedi. But yeah, but still, that should not have been that should not have been Luke's lightsaber in right. Yeah, or Anakin's to be more precise, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah, we will talk about the uh, yeah the 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 revelation scene. Uh, it's still still powerful to this to this day. Well, I one thing I want to say. There's you know, the symmetry in the movie yeah. at the beginning of the movie, Luke cuts off the Wampa's right arm. arm. Right. And then at the, uh, and in the first movie, Obi-Wan cuts off what's his name's arm in Panda the cantina. Baba. Yeah. Panda Baba's arm in the cantina. And then at the beginning of this movie, Luke cuts off the Wampa's arm. And now here Luke loses his hand. And then in return of the Jedi Vader loses his hand. I think it's, I think it's good. It's a, it's a running like kind of theme. Yeah. Of, people losing hands and it being like a really, yeah, I like it. When Vader's it, thing, he lost his Yeah, it's a, it's a shocking moment, you know. Having seen it, I, I don't remember what it was like seeing it for the first time, but, you know, I can only imagine that people watching, especially if you're a kid, being like, oh, no, our hero got his hand cut off. You'd be I know, I was. Shocked. I was like, oh, my God, his hand. Yeah. It's brutal. It yeah. really it is. is brutal. Yeah. It is. 
And yeah, and then we get the big revelation. Mm-hmm. You killed my father. No, I am your father. Yeah. He told it's... me, he told me enough. Told me you killed him. I love that. I love that whole yeah. sequence. Like it's it's so good. And Vader's then, like... been saving this for when Luke is at his weakest. Right, yeah. You know? He's just cornered and there's nothing he can do. And this is where he makes the comment about how he's like, we can take over the, we can, we can take over the empire. Like he you has can whole destroy, plan to... You can destroy the emperor. He has foreseen this. Yeah. I love that. So and he's, I think, you know, he's had nowhere else to go. And Vader's basically saying, look, you can either jump off this and die or come with me and uh, we'll beat it. We'll beat yeah. It. And I thought it would have been like really cool. Like Vader could have said, we can make the galaxy better. We could yeah. end suffering. We could bring peace, you know, like he could have, tried to convince him a little better than just we could rule side by side as father and son, you know? And it's like, he could have been like, we could bring peace to the galaxy. We could end war. We could end famine. We could heal people. You know, you're, you could use your power to make the, the galaxy a better place, you know, try to seduce him a little bit instead of just being like, Oh, we could rule side by side. Like, is this guy kid giving you any reason to think that he wants to rule? Like, right. But, no. <laughs> but I like, but still, it's very cool. And then, yeah, Luke jumps, right? And he has no, you know, he has no clue what's going to happen. So presumably, he's like, I'd, be- I'd rather die than live with this. Yeah, guy. but if you watch him, he like goes directly foot first into like a, a port. Though that port is closed that he's aiming at, it opens directly in front of him whenever he gets close to it. Well, the so way I, I took it was just that you know, it's just one of those things that just it just sucks open at times. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it is it is definitely a trash shoot kind of situation, yeah. I think, because it like whenever he's resting on it for a second, it opens to dump him out. So I figure it is like a thing that like sucks, you know, any debris. But I don't know yeah. cuz if you watch it, it looks very unnatural how he like zips straight toward <laughs> one of those holes cuz he's going straight down and then all of a sudden he just zips toward one and the hole isn't open, so it's not like yeah. there's like a suction. The hole opens when he gets near it. So I, I kind of figured that he, like, guided himself toward one of those. That could be true. And then whether he opened it or if it was, like, motion activated or what, I don't know. But I guess but, I guess it's so, kind of ambiguous. I guess there's there's some ways – there are different ways to read it, I guess. Yeah, definitely different ways to read it. But yeah, either way, but I yeah. Could see, I can see the force thing working, too. Yeah, and then he ends up hanging on that, like, antenna and starts calling to Leia, and yeah. she can sense him. Well, he calls, to, and, he calls to Ben, and Ben doesn't answer. Oh, that's true. And so he's like, well, I'll try Leia. Right. And I forgot we we didn't mention one thing. Whenever he leaves Dagobah, yeah, Ben goes, "That boy is our only hope." And the screen goes almost completely black, and yeah. Yoda gets lit up in white and says no, and then he gets lit in red and he says there is another. And yeah. it's like a really cool like you know scene. Yeah, um, that's which, a great the great lighting in that scene is awesome. And I feel like in the remaster it doesn't get as dark. In the theatrical version, it gets like pitch black. Where I was like, I was like, wait, what is it? And then it lights back up. Right, yeah. But yeah, so we've been told there's another. And then now we see that Luke and Leia can communicate to each other. But still, it's not clear. But I think they were laying the groundwork for that for the third movie. Right, yeah. It's it. There's all sorts of, you know, conflicting stories about what there is another meant. And I think it's pretty clear that the sister thing hadn't been, brother-sister thing hadn't been worked out in this movie. I think that's yeah. pretty well established. But yeah. there, there is a there's a yeah. draft of the script where they where that that scene where he says there's another he says yeah. no and he mentions someone named like Urania Skywalker he mentions that there's a girl that there's a sister and then that was like struck and it was just changed to there is another but the idea that it was going to be Leia I don't know if they 
intended that or not, but I yeah. think by the time they filmed it, I think they probably did. But I don't know. You definitely get the sense, you know, Leia has never shown any force power until now. And now you get the sense that she's connected at least some level with the force. Only yeah. at the end, you yeah. figure that out. Which yeah. is good. E- either that or at least like she and Luke are close at the very right. least. But I think it's that. But there is also the issue that they didn't know for sure if Han Solo, if uh, Harrison Ford was coming back for the third movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is the thing, because when they signed... Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill signed three year con- uh, three movie contracts, but Harrison Ford signed one movie at a time. Right. And yeah, as we as so, we all well know, he had nothing but contempt. He had very little uh, love for these movies. Yeah, and and that is we we did skip over the whole "I love you, I know" thing. <laughs> we do. Which I I love my wife and I have the 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 matching uh, "I love you, I know" shirts from Disney, <laughs> which nice. I, I like a lot. Also, but, I love uh, it. A fun, I got to add something to that as well as uh, back when I first told my wife, I love you way too soon. We only been dating for a few, I think less than a month. She just said, I know, because she didn't know what else to say. <laughs> so now we've been married for almost five years. But... That's what works. That's what I got to <laughs> learn. I got that actually works. All right. Yeah. Uh, she, did, she didn't she didn't say it because of the movie. She, well, she knew the movie. She just 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 said it and then was like, OK. Yeah, red con it. That kind of that she knew because of the movie. <laughs> I mean, she did yeah. know the movie. She's seen the movie before me, but yeah. Yeah, but the 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 urban legend is that it was ad libbed. It wasn't, but it was written on set. They the original yeah. script. He was supposed to say, "Yeah, and you remember that because I'll be back." And <laughs> which then is clunky, which is a ter- terrible line. And so, <laughs> and that is supposedly what caused Hans Harrison Ford to angrily tell George Lucas. You you can write this shit, but we're the ones who have to say it. <laughs> he ele- I know he told that to George Lucas. I think it was over that line. It might not have been over that line, but um. And then you know the urban legend is that huh, that Harrison Ford just ad libbed. I know, and everyone liked it. But what happened was on the set, Harrison Ford, Irvin Kushner, George Lucas, and the screenwriter of the movie whose name I forget. The four of them got together and put their heads together and came up with several different lines. One of them being I know, and that was the one they ended up going with in the final draft. But there's like a uh, someone there's like someone whose job was like take notes on set. They noted this conversation where they came up with several different takes. But but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, we get Luke rescued on the ship. This is another place where they made, I think, a good change with the special edition. They just make it prettier, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, the big thing is if you ever watch the original, even the the like later versions, like as late as like the 95 VHS when Lando is going up the little elevator into the, the, the airlock, it just is like a big circle of white light above him. That's and then right, when yeah. he rescues Luke, it's a big circle of white light below him. And that was just cause they couldn't find, they couldn't get it to look right doing like the blue screen thing. And so they're like, yeah, we'll just have like big shining white lights shining on him and that's fine. And so in the special editions, they went into CG added like, you can see above him when he opens, you can see the outside of Bespin. And when he's rescuing Luke, you can see the inside of an airlock. That's and that's a change that's innocuous and, you know, might as well be used to clean up mistakes as opposed to adding. Yeah, exactly. That kind of change, yeah. I think, is for the better. I, I like that, actually. Yeah, exactly. There's actually one more big change, not big change, but there's one more change coming up is where, you know, you see Vader get off the, the shuttle on the executor. And they just and that was added in special edition for reasons that I don't know, because it doesn't add anything other than you get to see the shuttle land. And then they reuse footage from the Return of the Jedi to show Vader getting off the shuttle. 
Oh, um, okay, that's cool. Because you can I didn't see mind that, but yeah, it's it's not again, it's not intrusive. It's pretty innocuous, but you ask yourself, why was it necessary it's to pointless. show that? Yeah. It's pointless. They also changed the line. Oh yes, he says after they get away. Yeah, yeah he says, "Bring me my shuttle." Yeah. And in the special edition, he says, "Prepare my star destroyer for my return," or something like that. And if you actually watch the first time in the entire series that anyone ever says the word Star Destroyer, Leia says it here at the end when they're yeah. getting away from Bespin. She goes, um, something, something, those Star Destroyers or something like that. I think like she just says Star Destroyer. Destroyer. I think she may just, she may just point it out. She may just point to it and say Star Destroyer or something like that. Yeah, she, yeah, something like that. But anyway, that now in the special editions, Vader says it first. He says, prepare my Star, Star Destroyer. Yeah. But yeah, I just prepare my shuttle or bring me my shuttle sounds better. And you can tell he's like annoyed. He's like, bring me my shuttle <laughs> and then walks away. And but yeah, I like that. I like that. I like how they get away because, again, we another recurring thing is when the hyperdrive didn't work. Han's like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. And then when the hyperdrive doesn't work here, Lando goes, they told me they fixed it. It's right. not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> And you know, I like that of that Lando and Han have like some similar characteristics yeah. there that they both want everyone to know this isn't their fault. Yeah. And then C3PO and R2D2 are sitting there and C3PO is like bruh, 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 and he's like or R2D2 and what R2D2 is saying to him is like, Oh yeah, the city computer told me that they disabled the hyperdrive. <laughs> <laughs> and C3PO says, Oh, you know better than to to listen to strange computers. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a great little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's so good. I, I like any time there's a character like C-3PO. I mean, R2-D2 and Chewbacca will say stuff and other people can understand them and right. they have to respond in a way to let us know what they said. I always like to imagine what they actually said. I imagine R2-D2 is cursing a lot. Oh, yeah. Based on some of the tweets and boops. <laughs> well, he tells him to switch <laughs> off earlier, which is, yeah. you know, he's like, switch off. Yeah. He's you know, he's probably a foul mouthed little dry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um I, I really I do like that whole thing of like he tells him that they disabled it and then he, he fixes it and then yeah. and he like falls right. into the he falls off into the little hole and they fly away. And then you can see Vape Admiral Piet and Vader there, and Admiral Piet's like, Oh, oh shit, I'm dead. Shit. And then Vader yeah. just walks away. Yeah. And I like it. I like Vader just walks off. Yeah. It's what it's unexpected. Yeah, it is. It's re- it's really good. And I, but I think I was watching it this morning for you know the like hundredth time, and I was like, <laughs> I think Vader knows Luke is going to come back to him. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. He's like, I'm going to give Luke. All right, that's fine. Luke can have some time to think about what I told him. You know, and then it, he does. Luke comes straight back to him. Yeah, you know, but with three different... three years later, but still. Yeah, I mean, I I know in the current canon they had fought each other a few times before this movie. Oh, right? really? In the comics, yeah. If you, if the, you ever yeah. read a Star I don't Wars like comic, that. it's worth reading. I don't. I don't like that. It it uh, brings up an issue with. I know we're not talking about Kenobi, but uh, I have an issue with uh, with that too. But yeah, I don't like that either. Where it's you sh- they should be meeting for the first time in this. Yeah, sure. And yeah, and then and then we get Luke on the hospital ship, and he gets his new hand. I always mm-hmm. thought that looked really cool. I like that too. It really reminds me of in Terminator Two when Arnold pulls off the skin. Oh, yeah. To show his robot hand to Miles Dyson. It's like very similar looking robotic. Yeah, that's it's it's very well done. And you I, can see that you can see the little pistons moving in his wrist. Yeah. And and the and and then he like he's like pricking his fingers to see yeah, if, he, the ner- if he can feel them. And I like the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's just a brief moment, but it it's very well done. You completely believe it. 
Yeah. The and then we end we end with, you know, Lando and Chewie flying off of Luna and Falcon and they are planning to meet on Tatooine. And yeah. then we get Luke and C-3PO and R2-D2 and Leia standing in front of that window. And my son pointed out, he said, is that a galaxy they're looking at? And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> it's they. I think they've tried to retcon it to be like, oh, it was a star cluster or something. Yeah. But in the, if that's you watch it, it's son. clearly a galaxy. <laughs> I told my son, I was like, so here's the thing. Canonically, it's probably supposed to be a star cluster of some sort, yeah. but it's very clearly an image of a galaxy, which doesn't make any sense in Star right. Wars because it's all taking place in one galaxy. Right. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. It's, it, they did it because it looks cool, and nobody really thought about that stuff back then, probably. Right, exactly, yeah. And it does look cool. And the, the Yeah, it does look cool. It's a good ending shot. Yeah. And we get the credits. Yeah. And there we go. And I was happy, but not as happy as I finished New Hope. So. <laughs> <sighs> New Hope is so good. Yeah. But, it's, I, well, we could, I think this is the part where we talk about. But yeah, I, I think comparing to New can. Hope is, comparing to New Hope is was one thing, because it's such a contained movie, whereas this is like you ha- need to see. You can't really watch it without having an urge to watch Return of the Jedi. Whereas I think with A New Hope, you could watch it and say, OK, that's one and done. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I think A yeah. New Hope does stand better as its own singular movie. Yeah. But in the same sense that, you know, I prefer Kill Bill Volume 2 to Volume 1, but Kill Bill Volume 2 can't exist without Volume 1. Similarly, Empire Strikes Back is my very favorite movie, but it exists within the context of the trilogy. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I see your point. And if someone told me, you know, I, I think A New Hope is better, I'd be like, yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I don't agree, yeah. but I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> if someone told me that, you know, Phantom Menace is better then you know, that's not something else. But uh, uh-huh. you might have someone very <laughs> shortly telling you that. <laughs> Weird. Who would ever say anything like that? <laughs> yeah. I like Phantom Menace way more than I should have any right to. So, I mean, I like it more than I think most Star Wars fans like it. I think I like it more than this movie, but we'll see in the rewatch. So. I know. I don't understand it either. I have yeah. very odd. <laughs> All right. We should go. Should we go to Shelf Stacker Box or anything else sure. you want to say? Yeah, go for it. All right. And Peter, why don't you go first? You know, keep this, keep this on your shelf. Put it on your shelf and keep it there and watch it. It's going to work best if you're a real Star Wars fan, but even if you're not, it's such a great movie. It's a fun movie. It's a funny movie. I don't think people appreciate it enough for its humor. It is dark, but that's part of the fun as well. So yeah, I really love this movie. Like I said, it is in my top 10 movies of all time. It fluctuates the positions, but it's certainly my favorite Star Wars movie and is pretty close to perfection as you can get with, with a cinema experience. So definitely keep it on your shelf. Okay. And what about you, Carrie? I mean, definitely shelf. I have four copies on the shelf behind me right now. <laughs> or I say I have three because one of those copies is out of my workshop so I could watch it on my uh, VCR in my workshop also. So, <laughs> yes, definitely the shelf. This is my all-time favorite movie. Um, it fluctuates position with uh, Big Lebowski a little bit here and there, but it's yeah. typically, it's I, I keep it at number one. It's definitely my favorite Star Wars movie. I've seen it so many times, I, I can't even count. And then... Yeah, I got to watch it a new way for this, so I appreciate that. Okay, and I'll go last. Uh, this is going to go in the stack. <laughs> I enjoyed part most of the movie, but I just don't enjoy the middle part. I was very bored and just not interested, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I missed parts. So I was just paying attention to my phone and not paying attention to the movie because I wasn't interested. <laughs> and it doesn't make me feel the way A New Hope. Like, A New Hope, I was literally ready to have tears over that at the end of that movie just because I love that movie so much, and 
I don't have the same effect for this one. I'm glad I watched it. I still like it. It's, it's an amazing movie. It's just not. I also don't like movies where they don't win. The the allies, you know, the good guys do not win in this movie. They they lose. Right. Uh, I don't like that. I kind of prefer this kind of. <laughs> that's a me thing, though. I mean, that's very much a me thing. I I I have to put. I know that. Like, I'm aware that it's a it's a me thing. So it's not against the movie. Right. It's just me. <laughs> but oh, overall, really good. Great movie. I enjoyed it. Not my favorite of the original trilogy. And I I don't know Return to Jedi Falls. I, I haven't seen it in so long that I'm worried that it will not be as good as I... As a kid, I loved it, besides one part that we'll talk about next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Return of the Jedi, I love top to bottom, but I don't... That is the one where the special edition stuff annoys me. It's terrible. Yeah, it's a lot of bad decisions with the special editions. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch. You know, I've heard yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch the um, theatrical cut for that too. <laughs> yeah, that, that might that's the least painful way of doing it. That'd be one yeah. where I wish I could, but I can't. So, oh, yeah. And Peter, where can people find you at? Well, I've got a sci-fi trilogy out now. You can find the first book on Amazon. It's called The Fifth Civilization. It's a really good sci-fi adventure. If you like Empire Strikes Back, I think you'll find something in there in the fifth civilization that you will like. So look for me there. Yeah, I'm reading it now. It's good. There we go. And Carrie, where can people find you at? Hey, I'm Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A on Twitch and Instagram and all those other social media places. I play a lot of souls born games and modify and repair video game consoles on on Twitch and TikTok and all that. So catch me there. All right. And if you enjoyed this and want to hear more Star Wars, well, we got that for you. We've done Star Wars The Last Command, Comic 37, Star Wars A New Hope, Film 29, Star Wars Dark Force Rising, Comic 36, Star Wars Book of Boba Fett, TV4, Star Wars Heir to the Empire, Comic 34, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 1, TV2, Star Wars Dark Empire 2 slash Empire's End, Comic 30, Star Wars Dark Empire, Comic 27, Star Wars Force Unleashed, Episode 115, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2, TV 1, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Episode 87, Star Wars Knights of the Old Public, Part 1 and Part 2, Episode 69, Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Comic 6, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, Episode 48, Star Wars Holiday Special, Film 6, people did not listen to episode much, <laughs> Star Wars Public Commando, Episode 21, Star Wars Dark Forces, Episode 13. We have 18 Star Wars stuff published so far. Damn. And more coming. Most yes. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find all our episodes on Podbean because you will not find the majority of stuff I mentioned on Spotify. Stitcher, they only go back 100 episodes. So go use that. You can find everything. If you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon for as little as a dollar. You can vote in our Patreon. Each month I have different polls and I will add other stuff eventually. But only a dollar helps out the show and makes me happy. So go do that. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fear. You can follow her on TikTok. And shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the MCU movies with me. You can follow him. He started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. And you can find us wherever you get your all social media. Again, my mom found I'm on there, all social media. You'll find me. Except for, I'm not on TikTok yet. I really should be on TikTok, but I am not. One day. I should get unlazy and do that. And I think, that, and we're also on YouTube, so please follow us on there. And I think that's everything I need to say. We will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.